You will always find me, and I will always find you. Yes. Will we always lose each other, too? Is that our fate? You will do as I say, or you... Or what? You'll ruin my life? You'll do your worst? Because I will always do my best. No. No magic. Science. Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades. Hosted by Hope Molnax. Talking like a man and fangirling like a lady since 2010. Well, that's too obvious. You gotta hit the door. You know, like, just like, like, kick it like you're bored. Like, or like, like, stumble into it. Like, oh, I didn't, you know. Just hit the door, okay? Everyone wants some magical solution for their problem, and everyone refuses to believe in magic. How's the peasant snow soap, Ben? Will you just take this damn spell off me? What's the name of the place we're headed, Captain? everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Hope of All Trades. My name is Hope Malnax, I am the host of this awesome podcast show of awesome. And today we're doing something really exciting that I've been so excited to be able to do. But I've been wanting to do a roundtable for a while now. Why not do a roundtable about one of my favorite shows? I've talked about it so many times. Once Upon a Time! Woo! Yay! Yay! And as you can hear, I have kidnapped three people, and I'm holding them hostage in my basement, and my cats are, like, rubbing on them and making them sick, and we're not feeding them until they talk about Once Upon a Time. I would like to first introduce Bill and Anne-Marie from Greetings from Storybrooke podcast. Hello! Hello! I, I, can you uh, loosen these ropes on my wrist? They're, they feel just a little tight. I'm bleeding! I'm bleeding! No, but that isn't bleeding through the title of one of the episodes. Spoilers. Maybe, maybe. Spoilers. And then my other guest is, has, was on my Tea with Anthony show, the amazing Anthony Simontilli. I really hope I just said that right. You said it right. Yes! Hello. <laughs> <laughs> now, for people who haven't heard either Greetings from Storybook or heard my episode with Anthony, uh, would you guys all like to give a little intro to each of your awesome Once Upon a Time trades? I guess we'll start with Greetings from Storybook and then Anthony. I'll, I'll let you take this one, Anne-Marie, because oh, I know okay. you've had, had a, a decent amount of magic juice. So. Don't talk about my magic juice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we do a weekly Once Upon a Time podcast. Well, we're on hiatus right now, so we've only had a couple episodes. But we do do a podcast about Once Upon a Time and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Sometimes we like doing that one. Sometimes we hate it. <laughs> well, let's not talk about that yet. We'll get there. <laughs> can find that at greetings from storybrook.com of course this isn't the promo part of the show but well, we'll have every part of the, the show, show. <laughs> the more promos the better <laughs> but yeah as for me well this is anthony again and uh, my once upon a time thing is an online tea business which is done through adagiotees.com and so basically how it works is there's a whole bunch of fandoms on that page and one of the fandoms that i've gotten myself most involved with was the Once Upon a Time one. So what I like to do is just sort of create blend concoctions that sort of go along with each, not each of the characters, but as many characters that I can sort of think of a good blend concoction to go for and such. And some of the actors do have your teas. Yes, they do, which just puts the jam on my toast. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, Anthony, I miss talking to you because you're such an adorable baby face. (laughs) So good to talk to you guys again, too. 
So why are we doing this podcast right now? Like, of course, Anne Marie mentioned that we are on hiatus. We've been on a three month hiatus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so depressing. Hey the, guys, the, long, the eternal September, I call it. I I can't. I it's been okay for me because Sherlock was on hiatus for two years. <laughs> oh well, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like three months. Psh, I'll work and I'll be fine. <laughs> hey, I'm. It's been 15 years and I'm still waiting for the last season of Lois and Clark. So. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always hear people talk about Fireflies on perpetual hiatus. So. <laughs> but uh, the new uh, season three B, as I like to call it is right around the corner. It's on March 9th, and we're going to get the rest of the season, no hiatuses, no interruptions. We'll see how well they do that, because I said that for 3A, and we still got a couple weeks off. But mm-hmm. we're going to see how well it goes, and we're going to be talking about Season 3 so far, and we're also going to be talking about Season 3B and our theory speculations. And just a warning, guys, this episode will have spoilers. If you haven't seen 3A, stop listening. If you don't want to know if about 3B... If you haven't 3B, watched it, why are you listening? Yeah. Exactly. And if you don't want to know anything about 3B, we'll do another spoiler warning before we talk about that kind of stuff. What did everybody like about this first overall half season? Like, what were some of your favorite episodes, moments? Uh, let's do ladies first. Anne-Marie. Okay. So Neverland, I have a love-hate relationship with. I love where it got us, but it dragged on forever for me. Because Robbie Kay, amazing, absolutely fantastic. But I, I didn't like the island. I, we didn't get what I wanted out of it, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what were some of your favorite episodes over the, the course of 3A? Uh, see, asking me specifics. I don't retain that well. Uh, <laughs> I sort of like the part where there were fairy tale characters. There, fairy, there was some magic involved. I don't know. Listen, the magic juice is flowing up here. My favorite one was the one with Peter Pan. Oh, wait a second. That was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like that one with Emma. Yeah. Oh, that... Emma and Peter Pan. Whoa. There you hey, go. Hey, have they ever done an episode that didn't have Emma in it? I don't think they have, have they? No. I don't think no. they have. I don't think they really could. Because, yeah. well, savior. I argue that I would love an entire spinoff of just, like, stuff with minor characters and have them <laughs> for the See, main- that I'd be okay with. I would love that. So, yeah. So I, I could do a few episodes without Snow Charmings and stuff. Snow Charming. We're not going to talk about that at this point in time. <laughs> oh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little tired too. I Adam woke me up this morning, and it's not every day. I saw you can, that. I it's saw not... it before you responded, and I was like, "Oh, she's gonna be happy this morning." I mean, it was one of those things. I was just like, "Adam Horowitz, I love you, but why are you waking me up at 9 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> I just went to bed like three hours ago." <laughs> but I guess I shouldn't complain. Not everybody can say that Adam Horowitz wakes them up in the morning. <laughs> All right. Um, what about you, Anthony? What were some of your favorite parts of Neverland? I'd have to say that the three B, if you divide, I guess, all the seasons into A and B halves, I think three B is probably one of my favorites because I think only like one and a half episodes come to mind that really just didn't settle with me. But I think if I had to pick a favorite, are you saying? Do you mean three A? Oh crap! I was gonna say yeah. (laughs) Well, well, Anthony got in a TARDIS and like solved all the episodes already. I was going to say, Anthony, why are we recording a podcast and not watching 3B? Because obviously you haven't. Well, I'm being chained up in this dungeon, so I'm not so inclined to share. So I'll torture you for episodes. That's true. Uh, that reminds me. Watch out for that rat over there. He's been looking at me kind of weird. 
Oh yeah, he's been nibbling on my toes. It's I mean, of... it's me though. It's love nibbles. <gasps> oh. He just wants his cat back. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anthony. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, so let me fix that alphabet mishap over there. Season three A. A. Uh-huh. Um, I think maybe, but I'd have to. Can I give it a tie between Dark Hollow and Going Home? Because I don't think I could. I could pick one over the other. I just. To me, those episodes had so much, like, this is going to sound a little corny, but I love the teamwork aspects of the show. Like with um, An Apple's Red as Blood, where they're, you know, storming the castle together. I just love it when, like, they band together and they kick ass. And it's just, uh, it's so epic. I, I love stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah. By the way, you guys can totally, if you want to, swear my my show. It's okay. I was just about to say, I was like, what is the cursing policy? We didn't ask that. I I have done everything from talking about how I wanted to sit on Tom Hiddleston's face to, like, swearing about every curse word you can think of. (laughs) Okay. As long as it's not, like, racial slurs, I don't care. Well, that would best not happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a section when I was recording with Bree and Alex on an episode. We talked about who was the kinkiest character in Storybrooke and how... uh, uh, Archie is probably like the closet kinkiest character, <laughs> so it's okay. We can we can go there in my show. <laughs> Greetings well, from gosh, Storybrooke, I, I, the X-rated I, version. I know we might have to edit. Gosh, I, I'm darn glad that we can curse on here. Hope it, it, it really, uh, I don't know. It's really flipping great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about you, Bill? What were some of your favorite points of uh, season three? I hated the entire season. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no. Peter, Peter Pan. Some people really, have hated this entire half season. They I, have. There, there is some haterade flowing out there. My favorite I, is when they're like, Peter Pan is not like the movie version. Well, I'm sorry. You're three seasons and once upon a time. I'm pretty sure you should know this by now. The thing yeah. is, and this is what I've said about Peter from the beginning, is Peter Pan is exactly like the movie version. We're just seeing it from the adult's point of view. We're not seeing it from the point of view, oh, the kids are getting one over on the all the adults, and all the adults are lame. We're seeing, man, this kid keeps freaking biting at my ankles. What's going on here? You know, like we're seeing Peter Pan from the perspective of the adults that he's uh, getting one over on. <laughs> so, you know, he, 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 I, I, that's one of the things I liked about it, actually, was just that it felt like the portrayal uh, felt so true to the character. I, I guess, uh, you know... When he was actually older, the the Malcolm version of the character, he was just a complete slime ball. Yeah. And you saw that a little bit in Going Home in that scene uh, in Gold Shop. Uh, j- j- you saw a little bit of that slime ball come through. But, you know, for, for a big part of it, like uh, the, the P- Peter Pan uh, portrayal, it was just like it, w- it was so true to the character while kind of just like twisting it and, I don't know, making it a little darker, which I, I really like. And I also really liked the uh, dynamic that popped up between Charming and Captain Hook. Too. Yes, my Davy Jones ship. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Davy Jones ship. Like I'm the captain of that friendship ship. <laughs> I love it. Nice, but I, I yeah yeah it was it was just it was really interesting to see that de- 
develop because I don't think the characters had had too many run-ins outside of Hook being like, what the hell is this guy doing here? You know, when we're trying to deal with, uh, you know, everything else that's going on last season. Right. And it, it was kind of cool to kind of, you know, see, see them form that uh, early bond that will blossom into a father and son-in-law bond. I'm sure of it. Uh, oh, don't even go there. Hashtag Captain Swan. Uh-huh. Oh, we're talking hashtags already. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I actually really appreciated that relationship as well, because I argued through most of the season through that Charming had no guy friends. Mm-hmm. He did need a good guy friend. Yeah. yeah, because like we see, and I I still argue Emma doesn't really have any lady friends either. Emma has she zero doesn't. friends. After she doesn't she's, know how to be a girl. I mean, but even after losing uh, August, she really doesn't have many friends because we don't really have Ruby. She doesn't hang out with anybody but Mary Margaret, but Mary Margaret became her mom, so she lost her friend there, and then she lost August. Like, Emma has no friends. There hasn't been time for friends. <laughs> They've been busy saving people's lives, defeating uh, shadows, you know. Yeah, but like one of my least favorite things that got cut out out of the Girls Night Out, Out episode, there was a scene where Archie and David actually were at a bar together and they were talking about David's affair and he was getting advice from Archie about how to go about this. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was that like on a DVD or just like no? Raphael Savage the... uh, actually once podcast interviewed Raphael Savage and he was telling them about that scene that caught out got cut oh, out yeah. and it was never. There's still promo pics of it. Like if you Google like like Archie and David and, and like the title episode, you can find the promo pic for it. It was it just it never made it to a DVD or anything. Mm, so there's scenes that aren't even on YouTube or recorded. Um, the one that I want to know the most about two years later is in Hattrick. August is standing outside of Jefferson's door. Uh-huh. What happened in that conversation? I, just, I, need to know. I, I can't imagine what interest you would have in a scene like that, Hope. Honestly. I mean, no. I mean, Jefferson's not my favorite character, and I'm not wearing Sebastian Stan on my shirt. What of it? <laughs> Hey, but... is Sebastian Stan in the cell over there in the dungeon? I see no. him. I see him over there. Shh, shh, don't tell anybody. He's over there with Tom Hiddleston. Uh. <laughs> no lie. We actually, in one of my episodes, uh, we were talking about, um, it's my episode, if you guys look it up, it's called, it's in our general post of our Two True Freaks podcast. And I think it's called, like, Hope and Chris Shoot the Shit or something like that. <laughs> and we were talking, just, you know, talking about whatever. And we were talking about movies we had seen in the last six months. And we were joking around about Hunger Games and how everybody in our podcasting group would die Hunger Games style. Because uh, there's like 20 <laughs> there's like twenty podcasters in our group. So, And um, my death was I would drown in the cum of my male harem. Nice. Wow. <laughs> of my actor male harem. Nice. So that was, that was my death. So yes, there is Tom Hiddleston and Sebastian Stan and Benedict Cumberbatch over there in the corner. Nice. <laughs> so what did I like? They're they're just preparing. <laughs> they're they're storing up and getting ready for the for the full release later on down the line. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gonna be a fun show. I know it already. Wan <laughs> <laughs> um, Marie's tweeting about magic juice. So don't uh, mind me and my magic juice love. Oh my god, are you tweeting our show right now? Maybe do it because I I won't be able to look at it until we're done. Um, <laughs> So uh, some of the things I liked about season 3A is I did like the Neverland arc. I felt like it was uh, constantly moving. And I, what I like about it is I tend to prefer character episodes over plot-driven episodes. 
Because mm-hmm. I'm a very firm believer you have to have character to drive the plot, and it's never a good thing when your plot's driving the characters. And so, like, I felt like there was so much character development. You know, we see someone charming, big, big bounds in their relationships. We see Emma really embrace being the savior, and, and like, we see ch- we pretty much everybody went through a change, and I loved Regina the entire time, because she was the only one that had a lick of common sense. <laughs> Except when it comes I... to fashion choices for Neverland, she wore those big shoulder pads and stuff. Like it... <laughs> the the that... jacket had to go. The jacket. That's not great, great, great attire for the jungle, Regina. Usually, you're so, so fashion forward, and you just kind of failed. I just Listen, like how the thousand dollar jacket. It's okay. <laughs> I just like how they were like, yeah, the actors are totally going to be changing clothes in the scene. And I don't think anybody changed clothes except for gold this entire season. Well, you know what I think? I re- didn't they go out of the way to say that they all specifically brought a suitcase so that their characters had to change? Yeah, when did there- they have time to pack, though? Because we see them <laughs> jump, like, right tomorrow, jump in with Henry. And then we see them, like, watching and hook sells up. And they're like, oh, let's go on the boat. boat. And then suddenly Snow has a backpack. Well, yeah, I I remember uh, Emma talking specifically about this on a panel last summer, like right before the show came back. She was saying that uh, it wasn't in the script or anything. The prop people weren't ready for it, but they they grabbed like, you know, luggage and stuff to take on the boat with them just so they could maybe have a change of clothes because they had spent the beginning of last season in fairy tale land in the enchanted forest uh snow and emma had and they had to wear the same costumes the whole time and they were like okay someone find a trunk or a bag or something and let's let's get it in the scene well they're not paying attention you know they don't care yeah they don't realize how hard the fans analyze these things (laughs) (laughs) oh no they know they know I once saw this thing, one of my friends pointed out, and I don't know, maybe it was you. I'm sorry if if this, if I'm repeating an old conversation, but they saw uh, promo pictures for the last episode of 3A, and they looked at Emma's pants, and they said, Emma wouldn't wear that. She lost her memories. And they were right, just by looking at her pants. It was insane. Interesting. (laughs) What? (laughs) I love this fandom. (laughs) See, see, like that's that's like right on the line of oh, the costume designer was paying attention, and uh, dead clock is uh, right two times a day. Kind of, it's like you know, they could have completely called that. It could have been you know a number twenty three situation where they're like two plus two plus two. Oh, Emma's pants. Oh, she has has no memory. Yeah. And the um the other last thing I liked is I the little bit of storybook we got. I, I really wanted more storybook this season, but I, I really enjoyed that time that we had in storybook. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Well, it seems like you know I'll keep this uh, pretty spoiler free, but it seems like it's like a, that might be rectified in three uh, B. Mm-hmm. So, but, thank goodness. And I don't think Bill. I don't think I heard from you. What was your favorite episode? Uh, my favorite episode, it would it would be uh, what was uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Was it Think We're Lovely not good Thoughts? With episode names in uh, our world. I, I think Think Lovely Thoughts. It was the the Malcolm episode, uh, just because I thought it was like it was dark and tragic, and it gave a lot of answers, and it was entertaining, and uh, overall, I just really really liked it, and just uh how much he, he loathed his son. It, 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 it was just creepy. And I, I love, you know, when any fictional work can, like, just completely creep me out and make me doubt uh, my trust of anybody in this human race, you know? So, mm. 
And probably my favorite episode is probably Good Form. But the thing is about pretty much every episode, I had stuff that I liked and disliked about all of 3A. So it's hard for me to pick a specific favorite, but Killian is in my top favorite character. So I really Mm -hmm. liked him, and I really enjoyed the Tink episode, too. See, I liked those, too, but I wanted more of both of them. Mm-hmm. I wanted more. I'm not fulfilled with their time on Neverland. I know we're not getting any more in 3B, but I want a flashback or something to tell us about their time in Neverland. Maybe oh, they girl. can do Once Upon a Time in Neverland instead of Wonderland next God, year. God, if we're yes. really so lucky. Oh, girl. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I totally wrote an entire article about <laughs> that exact thing <laughs> yeah, like, like you know that. about how if we didn't go back in the present that's okay but if we didn't visit again in flashbacks that's a huge tragedy it really is we need to know where there is so much character development with all of them that could come from that and i don't know i just it would just I be an interesting happened. story you know yeah it really they, would it's just some nice one-off adventures set in the once universe yeah they do love a good one-off adventure <laughs> I mean, it's some. It's not out of the reign of possibility because uh, they always said with the spinoff that one season would just be one world, and then season two would be a completely different world if it continues. God, I hope it doesn't get canceled. Um, <laughs> they better so, I mean, do it right, but we'll talk. Yeah, I know they they've shot themselves in the ass with that one. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, so maybe we'll, the first Everland could happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was always saying that we were. I wanted Once Upon a Time in Oz, but now we're getting Oz, so we're not going to be getting Once yeah, Upon a Time in Oz. That's the main stage attraction. That's not, you know, the side stage where, I don't know, John Lennon's son's band plays when the main <laughs> band is setting up. Yeah. Now, uh, let's talk about, as, since we're already starting to touch about that, what do you think could have gone better? Um, Anthony, let's start with you. Okay, well, I'm sorry, Bo, but I will have to provide some foil to your favorite episode because actually I think Think Lovely Thoughts was my least favorite, primarily because, I know, I'm so sorry to say it, (laughs) but for me, what annoyed me was you can tell that, and I thought that was probably one of the more plot-driven bits because I felt like it was out of Rumpel's character to withhold that, especially from Belle and such, well, whatever, bell shadow thing whatever that whole situation was but he just he mentioned it on so many occasions and then just looking looking at stepping back and looking at the whole picture to me it just felt that the authors were like okay we have to you know dance around this subject so we know that rumple knows peter but it just didn't seem like a like even an abusive father-son relationship to me so i kind of felt that was a rabbit out of the hat but that that's just me that, and I mean that that's fair like I two two points uh just w- one like Belle is the person probably that Rumpel trusts the most Rumpel still doesn't trust her very much <laughs> I think <laughs> two uh oh go ahead no that's it I, I'm just agreeing okay. he's trusting yeah and two actually Rumpel's role in the whole Neverland situation was probably one of my least favorite parts of the season. He needed to stick with the main group. Yeah. 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 It it was like four episodes of him sitting on a log with fake Bell. (laughs) With fake Bell. On the campfire. Because, like, seriously, Regina was the only one that got shit done. (laughs) I wonder if he made out with the the shadow or anything like that. Really? (laughs) Really? I just imagine, like, 
Marilyn Manson's really long tongue coming out of Bell's mouth. <laughs> beautiful people, the beautiful people. <laughs> oh my god! Magic juice out the nose. Magic juice. Nice. You still have magic juice left. Left. I'm surprised. Not very much. No. <laughs> I can see the whole like uh, Pan being Rumpel's father thing being a big annoyance because that makes one other person on top of it related to Henry. The family tree. Yeah. Oh dear. Everyone yeah. is related to Henry. I know. Very complicated. Oy. Like I actually, uh, you know, early on in the season, I kind of, I, I was thinking that uh, Pan was going to be, you know, Rumpel's boyhood friend, and they go off into an adventure in Neverland, and something goes sideways, and Rumpel gets sent back or something. I, I would have liked that, but I mean, I like I said, you know, I really like the way it turned out too. But I can I can see why people ha- have issues with it, and they they probably could have handled it a different way that. Would have, you know, shut those people down, but it opened up a whole nother group of people with a different set of issues. So. Definitely, yeah. People I think, have comments. I think my favorite comment about um, Henry's family is Michael Raymond James, who plays Neil, said in an interview, I don't even think Ancestry.com can get Henry's family. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up. I was like, yes, I love Mikey so much. <laughs> All right, uh, let's keep on the boys. Bill, what were some of your least favorite parts of this of this season? Uh, stuff and things and junk. What did I put down here? Oh yeah, Medusa. Um, yeah, Medusa <laughs> was awful. Like that. That was like a waste of a flashback. Basically, that was a waste of an episode. That was a waste of an entire episode. That's mine too. <laughs> that was yeah. horrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, as has been mentioned, I, re- I really wish that uh, they had uh, devoted a little more time to the background of Neverland. Like, we've got, like, two little flashbacks of, you know, Hook's early days there and Neil's days. There. Well, I don't think he, even Neil was involved, really. It, it just uh, it felt like uh, it would have been a bigger payoff uh, overall for the half season if they had given us a little bit more background for these characters in Neverland, maybe presented us with, I don't know, a, a sword fight between Hook and Pan on a pirate ship, you know, that would be cool because, right. you know, that's mm-hmm. what you think of when you think of Peter Pan and Captain Hook, right? Uh, that would have been nice. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Every time that Pan and Hook were in a shot together, I was just like, is this going to be it? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, they never really even had a direct conflict. I mean, they had a little kind of like tete-a-tete, uh, why don't we try and negotiate something when uh, him and Charming were going up the mountain. But, uh, you know, they, they never really had a, even had a direct conflict. And you'd think for... You know the Batman and Joker of I don't know Fairy Tale Land <laughs> that uh, Batman they, they might have faced off a little more, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one other thing, I th- I thought that uh, you know uh, the Save Henry episode where they show uh, how Henry came to Storybrooke and stuff, it just felt a little too easy overall. And, and this it might felt be way too easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it might be a little me projecting my personal theories about how that might have happened onto the episode, too. But it just felt like, one, Regina just walking out of Storybrooke. It, obvious once they do it, right? But, you know, for months and years and everything, everyone was like, well, how did Henry get into Storybrooke? No one could leave. No one could leave. Not even Regina. No, Regina could just walk out. No problem. And uh, what you and it just... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I did like the tie back into a John and Michael right at the end. 
But overall, it just seemed a little too easy. It seemed like there should have been a little more complication, a little more scheming, a little more conniving, at least on Gold's part, right? Because I was I, I was claiming that August was involved somehow because he could come in and out of story. Break. Yeah, because he was yes. the only he was the only one in that time besides Regina who really knew what the the real deal was, right? Mm-hmm. And the only real explanation we ever got about that even came in season two. And like season two and Tiny, uh, it was when Cora and Regina and Hook were all talking, and Hook was like, "Well, can't we leave?" And Regina's like, "Yeah, but we'll lose our magic." I didn't even remember that conversation. Of course, I really don't like that episode. But mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I blocked that entire thing out. So I was just like, I was incredibly confused about how Regina left this town. It, I would even just like a scene with her sitting in a car and just stepping over, or like you know, just stepping over the town line for the first time and seeing it mm. affect her. I think that would have been a lot more effective. Yeah, yeah, like you're right. You're right. Like even if they had just put a little scene there when she went to get the baby, you know, that she could could step over that line. That would have helped a little bit, make it a little clearer too. It would have been fun though if there was a scene where uh, Emma was outside or uh, Regina was outside of Storybrooke and she just happened to bump into Emma and they were just like, oh, sorry, and they just like walked off. <laughs> and then like a few years later, just like, oh my god. <laughs> and you know what? They they also they they never really gave us a solid answer on who wrote the book, and I thought that was supposed to be coming. I mean, we know, kind of maybe I, I don't I know. I think it just manifested. You think like it was just like I think it like... just appeared. It was built into the curse thanks mm-hmm. to the blue fairy, mm-hmm. and it just appeared when the questioning began. Well, I think we. It's I, not I, said, but this is you know. Anne Marie's theory of knowledge. <laughs> I, I think we can all agree that the blue fairy knows way more than she's letting on at all times. Right? Absolutely. I can see that. Well, we're still on this part. Anthony, I don't think I ever have your theory about where the book come from. Well, came I from. remember. Oh, oh, sorry if I cut you off. Um, no, I just realized I had terrible grammar just then. It's <laughs> grammar Nazis. So but let's see. I remember when I was stalking the Once Upon a Time wiki page in season two, there was like a bullet list of all things that they were going to address. And I don't know if this was just poor journalism, for lack of a better word, on the wiki pages part. But I, <laughs> but I read somewhere there was like things that they're going to be revealed in season two, where the book came from, Jasmine, Rapunzel, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember they had that whole idea shift. And so they said in an interview that they had to take quote-unquote toys off the shelf so maybe that's Mm. why the whole book thing got messed up because it sounded like the book had this it was going to be a a major plot point and maybe Mm -hmm. it will be because it wasn't really discussed much because Mm -hmm. it it just appeared in snow white's attic one day at the perfect time Mm -hmm. but who knows maybe there maybe the blue fairy had her hand in there i wouldn't be surprised i I definitely see more of that fairy conniving action See, I'm sure we won't hear much about this from them until they actually do the reveal. But I have a feeling that they they'd pretty much plan for that all to be machinations of August. And uh, now that August uh, is a child. (laughs) Well, uh, in the actor left the show, I guess, uh, from what I've heard under not so pleasant circumstances, kind of effed up circumstances. Uh, well, what were circumstances? Because I've heard something similar, but I don't know the exact reason. Oh, I just heard he wasn't happy on the show when he got a better offer, basically. I mean, I can understand. They totally shanked his character out of season two. 
Yeah. Yeah. Especially when he seemed like he was going to be so pivotal at the end of season one, right? Yeah. Yes. And then he just <laughs> vanished. Mm-hmm. So sad. So oh. sad when he just vanished. Dude, I'd be pissed off too. There's a reason we lost Ruby, though. We it was tweeted the other back. day. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Is she? I hadn't heard that actually. Yes, That's, yes. You don't troll the twitters like we do. Yes, we're Twitter trolls. Troll, troll. <laughs> troll the twitters. Now, uh, Emery, do you want to go first or me? I don't really uh, care. I don't know. Where are we? Well, uh, we're talking about our least favorite parts of season three. Uh, a becomes four. H go. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Don't do Can that Can you guys me. both go simultaneously? <laughs> One, two, three. Games. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go, and then I'll jump in. All right. Because right. that's what um, I do. I have to agree with Bill. I questioned a lot of the flashbacks and why we were getting those stories, because sometimes it just felt like, well, Jenny and Josh are main cast. I guess we have to give them characters. And I feel like they do that a lot with those two. So they just have to push these episodes because it's in their contracts or something. I don't know. Okay, I'll buy that. Um, yeah. But, like, the ones I just didn't get is I, I've been arguing for a while now that I'm really over Snow, Charming, Regina, Rumple stories. Only because a lot of them are starting to get repeated. Like, I really didn't need the story about Snow getting her mojo over a sword. I mean, because it was the exact same story that we got in season one. We know she, she hates Regina. We know that there's this fight's going on. I didn't have to see her, you know, get her excitement about, let's go to war with Regina. I really didn't care. I was also really upset because we've been hearing about, I heard, I read several articles about Simcoe Walls coming back, and mm. he was the guy who played Lancelot, and uh. his character right around that time got killed on Teen Wolf. And so it's just like, oh my god, he's going to be Lancelot. So when I heard that there was going to be Excalibur, I was waiting, and I was waiting, and I was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that episode, really, they could have left that. I don't even remember what the, um, one, or not Wonderland, Neverland version part of it was. Yeah, and even that's the problem. Like, if I can't even remember what was connected with that event, they something was missed. And then, like, I just didn't get Medusa being there. Like, it just felt so out of place. It had nothing to do with anything, and I really didn't care about the Charming's honeymoon at all. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the thing with Medusa was they didn't even give her like a proper due. She was just kind of like the monster. You know, right? it, yeah. it, across the room, it, 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 there wasn't any. Who thinks any... of Medusa that way? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, she's she's so good. Like, there's so much bet- uh, behind being. Uh, oh my god, I just totally blanked on what kind of creature Medusa. A gorgon. There's so much behind of like what a gorgon is and how to become a gorgon. Like, that's a story of itself. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, even using a character like that for a one-off appearance is good, but literally, she had like what. Maybe two lines, if that. I don't even know if she spoke. I don't spoke. know if there was lines. She, she didn't speak. Yeah, she didn't That's speak. She was just kind of the in to use a character that big as far as you know global knowledge of the character and everything, and just kind of make her a freak of the week. You know, yeah. it just it seemed kind of a uh, kind of off putting. You know, yeah, right? Like when the they character. started that episode and mentioned Medusa, I got really excited because I. I love mythology in that sense. And then it was just like, this this was just a filler, wasn't it? <laughs> Anthony, what were you going to say? No, I was just agreeing because, you know, Medusa is such an iconic, you know, character because everyone, everyone knows, you know, Medusa, look at her, turn to stone. And it's exactly how you guys said. It just, it just felt it was filler. 
And I get this vision of, you know, in the fourth Harry Potter movie, they pass a bag around. It's like they re reached their hand in and pulled out, okay, let's use Medusa this week. <laughs> so it's just upsetting. Also, I love Greek mythology as well. So yes. you know. I just love that Adam and Eddie still deny, like, no, we haven't done Greek myths. Midas, Pegasus sails, Medusa. Come on, guys. Pandora's box. Yeah, Pandora's box. Yeah. Like, you guys are doing Greek mythology. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, it's just we didn't get so many scenes that needed to be in Neverland. Like, we still don't know what deal Hook made with Pan to get off the island. Yeah. Uh, we got no time of Bay in Neverland. We got him on the Jolly Roger, but not in Neverland. Right. And, but the one that bothers me the most is Tinkerbell and Peter Pan never had a scene together. And it's exactly how I feel about Archie in August in Storybrooke. Because when you have Peter Pan and Pinocchio never having a scene together, and then you do the same thing with Tinkerbell and Peter Pan never having a scene together, right. that's they're iconic literary duos. How can you not put them in a scene? Yeah, well, and I mean, you know, even with uh, just Peter Pan and Tinkerbell and everything, like, it, it, it's just, you know, so iconic and so, like, they, they basically denied you all of the moments you think of when you think of the character, which I can see a sense in and kind of, you know, trying to turn around expectations and stuff like that. But you still kind of have to pay lip service to it, right? At least, yeah. you, you know, even if the, I, I don't know, like my example from earlier, the, the sword fight between Peter Pan and Captain Hook on the pirate ship, even if it's like a scene and then they're like, oh, let's team up or whatever. That's fine. Or, you know, twist it after that. But, you know, just have have the image there so you can, I don't know. Put it on the pro. Put it out on the uh, promo circuit so I can grab it for our uh, album art for the episode. Yeah. And it was just weak writing. I mean, because Tinkerbell says, "Oh, Peter Pan, trust me." Well, we just have to, you know, go along with it because we have nothing to show mm -hmm. that Peter Pan actually trusts Tinkerbell. Like, we just have to agree with her. And instead yeah. of, and I had that issue a lot, like in the Ariel episode. You know, I had a lot of problems with them just being like, "Yeah, me and Eric are totally in love." Well, can I see you guys falling in love? <laughs> That's what makes Skin Deep so good, because we see Belle and Rumpelstiltskin falling in love. Mm. Right. And and it makes it, it gives it so much energy. But when you just tell me, like, yeah, I love that guy, I guess so. I have to believe you. Cause, uh, that, and then, yeah. yeah, and that entire conversation between her and Eric was so stilted. Like, oh, it's you. It's you, too. We're so happy. And I, I've met Gil McKinney. He's so amazing, and he's He's happy and he's a great actor, and none of his costumes gives him any justice about how handsome that man is in real life. <laughs> just yeah. saying. And so, like, I was just really upset with a lot of the choices in writing and why they chose some scenes over other. And then Storybrooke, but I'll talk about that later. Yeah, but uh, like, uh, I, I think the general impression I'm getting here from everyone is that there was just a little bit of an unbalance. Like it was good over quality was 10 out of 10. The balance was like seven out of 10 for this season. Right. I, I would or give it five season. out of 10. I would have, instead of some of the flashbacks, I would rather have more present day story and showing what was going on there. Mm. Yeah. It's like you said before, it just reminds me of the whole mantra show don't tell because it's like you said, we're, we have to rely on sheer dialogue to understand these characters emotions. It would have been more efficient and wise to have us come to those conclusions on our own through a backstory or just more interactions mm -hmm. present. Mm -hmm. Anne-Marie, what about you? What were some of your weak parts? Oh, I think what I put in here was that I wanted more of the Killian and Hulk stuff together, um, which we kind of already touched on. I don't know, because I was just sort of jumping in on everybody. I think I covered myself. All right. I just want to make sure you got your I'm good. I'm good. I feel good. 
<laughs> well, you can start the next point. What are some okay. of the all right, what are some of the fan theories that didn't pan out? Oh, I get it. Of course. <laughs> I said pan. So, Amory, why don't you start? See, and I feel bad because I don't really follow too many <laughs> fan theories. Sorry, I just looked at your note. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't really follow them because I think when I start listening to everybody else, I get confused. Not confused, but overwhelmed in respect to my own theories and our theories that we talk about on the podcast. Yeah, I will, uh, greetings from storybrook.com, right? Right, greetings from yeah. storybrook.com has some amazing <laughs> theories. <laughs> but I know I really, really wanted Bill's theory of all of the news vans invading Storybrook to happen mm-hmm. because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I just like the them having to cover themselves from, like, quote-unquote normal people but I, that's what made Greg Mandel interesting in the first few yes before yeah, he found out like who it was before it seemed we like knew they were who going the heck that he way, was right? he was cool <laughs> like he was yeah. interesting before we knew who he was and then they killed him off like as soon as we found out thank I'm god so upset <laughs> <laughs> very unceremoniously opposite reactions <laughs> yeah, it, it, they they, they uh, basically permanently killed him off with a line of dialogue when they mentioned that, you know, his entrails were spread about the uh, Neverland. Yes. I feel like but they he had has a, tag- a shadow flying around somewhere. I, I think that somehow Greg's shadow is going to somehow come back and help them. Because we see that Blue came out to life when Peter Pan's shadow was released. So I think, mm. I, I have an idea that the void between all the worlds is where the shadows and the raids and all of them lie. I think yeah. that Greg's somewhere in that kind of void because his shadow was released as well, but See, now he's there. I think his shadow is the new quote-unquote shadow of Neverland because Ooh. the shadow is dead. Mm-hmm. So Neverland is just a void. So I think Greg's shadow is the shadow. I like that. I like that. Like a dark one, but shadow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. See, every now and then I have a good one, gosh darn. But it. also the guy who who rocked the fuck out with Guar Guar in uh, Empire <coughs> Records. Oh yay! I love Ethan Embry. Mm. So I um I've actually been kind of thinking that the Peter Pan shadow was actually before Pan got there was a good spirit, like it was a protector of children's dreams. Because Malcolm always said when he was a kid, he always dreamed of Neverland. Yeah. And the shadow would be kind of, like guide people into the dream world and take care of children's dreams, because the shadow even told him like this world didn't exist until you came here. Right. And so it was actually a good spirit, but it was forced to obey Pan. So now it's back doing its uh, kind of bidding, <laughs> its good dreamness. That's a good tie-in. Like I'm surprised yeah. they use that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think they 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 have have the Sandman stuff right because that's uh, Warner Brothers DC oh. and all that. Well, no, like the original fable of the Sandman. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking Neil Gaiman Sandman. <laughs> Neil Gaiman did not invent the, <laughs> the fable of the Sandman. Trust me, I know that there was the Golden Age Sandman character. In oh, 19... here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and then there was also the, the one in uh, uh, Rise of the Guardian, Sandy. Yes, oh, yes, uh, the sleepy guy. Oh my god, I love I love that movie. That, and There's... I love that everyone's shipping Elsa and Jack Frost together. <laughs> See, but that's Dude. precious. That is so precious. Dude, there should be a Once Upon a Time uh, Rise of the Guardians crossover. Yes! Oh. Like, 
Can you imagine Emma's face if Santa Claus walked in? Dude, Dude, ABC, if you want Once Upon a Time to get to season six, Christmas episode starring Santa Claus. Done. Done. Print money. I think Emma would just be so done with everything. She would just throw a Henry <laughs> in her bug and whatever ship war is going on then, who's her new beau, and just drive out of town. <laughs> Who even knows at that point? Oy. I, I hope I hope actually the next shipping war is between two dwarfs, like Grumpy and uh, Sleepy or something. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys, like, for a while, ship Sneezy with Lacey on your show? Did we? Did yes. We? It was, you called it sleazy. <laughs> yes, I remember best, that now. Yeah, it was in season two when all both of them had amnesia and we didn't know, and uh, you shipped them together and called it sleazy. Sleazy, yeah. Oh, we're special. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that we're and, and it makes really good thematic sense for, you know, what was going on with Belle at the time, too. So. Seriously sleazy. All right. Well, I'm going to back in. Uh, Anthony, uh, what were some of your theories that didn't quite go the way you wanted for season 3A? Uh, you mean 3A, right? Yes, 3A. Right. We're not talking 3B series uh, theories okay. yet. I would say this is more of a theory put on hold because when I found out that they were going to do, there was going to be another hook, a hook-centric themed episode, I had a feeling that his story would follow like the paradigm of a fallen sailor or something along those lines. But honestly, I was anticipating him to either be related to Davy Jones or, you know, somehow becoming Davy Jones. I don't know. I still haven't, we still haven't seen that. I don't think that venue isn't exactly um, crossed off in terms of exploration because his last name is Jones. And I feel like that isn't a coincidence. And I I was hoping to see more of this realm that he's a part of. I don't even know what kingdom that's part of. So I was just kind of hoping to see more along the lines of that. See, like, I, I've been a little confused on that, too. Like, is he, is he, is that just, like, the Enchanted Forest that he's in? Or is it just a, another realm that, and then he came back to the Enchanted Forest? Because I know he, I, he was in the Enchanted Forest, right? Because uh, him and Mila, he ran into Mila, obviously. I, and I think it's the Enchanted Forest. I think the war he's talking about that the king is fighting is the Ogre Wars that Rumpelstiltskin's fighting in. Uh Because uh, they're in the same timeline because they're both old as balls. (laughs) 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 I know, I'm such a classic lady. Do we know how how long the Ogre Wars went, though? Because, I mean, he went to Neverland, so that, you know, with the time dilation and everything there, if he was gone 10 years, he was gone 50 years. We don't know how where Killian falls in Rumpel's timeline. We just know that Rumpel was Rumpel, and then when he met Killian, and then he was the Dark One later, and then shortly after that, they both went, uh, Killian went to Neverland. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the thing with the Ogre Wars that's so big, it, that that kind of keyed me in good form, is Liam and Killian were talking about how the King wanted to take out a species, not like a group oh. of people. They said species. Yes. Mm. And so I think they were, uh, and it's it's kind of interesting because it's also kind of a version of chemical warfare because that's why they were trying to find the dream shade. And it's kind of yeah. like that okay. weird, yeah. darker take on it. That plant ended up being a huge plot point this uh, half season anyway. That was the, his brother's death was the dumbest ass death in the world. <laughs> hey, look, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so it's like, don't do the thing. It. I'm going to do the thing. <laughs> 
just to throw out too, a lot of people were really upset with it because it was such a trigger warning for something. People, because he cut himself on his wrist. Mm. Oh. So it was a huge trigger warning for a lot of people as well out there. And I was like, there's a lot more better ways. Like maybe he like was just kind of kidding around and fell on it or something. Right. But like, just be like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Don't do that. Oh, well, brother, sorry. <laughs> just take like a bite of it. And dead. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess, oh, that leaves me. <laughs> oh, yes, I run a podcast. So um, the biggest thing that really just upset me was and pretty much everything with the home office. Um, I can see why they made it pan and why they did all that. It was just the fan theories about the home office were so much better than what the home office actually was. <laughs> the home office ended up being crap. And just because they gave us such specific... No, I think when Greg was first there, because you can see the clear change in direction when, like, Cora died. Totally. I when Greg first came there, I think they were building it to be something. Because they gave us such specific details, like Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Right. Like, uh, and, because you guys know what Carlisle, Pennsylvania is? Like nothing. Yeah. It No, it's a military town that trains high-ranking generals in the Army. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, they, so I think they were originally building it to be something so much be- bigger. And I, I wanted kind of like what Bill wanted with like all this outside world coming in. And I wanted yeah. a three-way war between Storybrooke, the home office, and King George. Because with all these major players like the Charmings and Regina there, and King George is just like, hey, why don't I take over this town while everyone is gone? Yes! <laughs> the whole King yeah. George thing really bothered me. Like, he had like one episode and then psh, gone. See, I it depends on how you take it, though. Because... If you watch uh, Child on the Moon, he just walks uh-huh. off into the night. But yes. in the deleted scenes, he's actually chained up in the mines. Uh, the Charmings have him kept down there. See, and I haven't seen any of the deleted scenes. So I'm... That is the best scene of Tiny. Because there's a point where King George looks at David and goes, There is darkness in your heart, Prince Charming, and it <gasps> will come for you. It was the best scene of Tiny and would have saved that freaking episode. Thanks to download. Ding, 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 ding. See, yeah. You, you know, one thing, one thing I, I'm just going to jump in here and steamroll over all of you. If, I hope that's okay. Do. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, which a I, hot steamroller from Bill Mix. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow. <laughs> Wow, Still wow, be wow. my friend. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember what my original point was. Yes, I, I stopped you. No, it felt, it felt like either they just had a huge change of heart or somebody came in and put uh, their boot on the back of their neck as far as like where it seemed like the show was going at the end of season two and where oh. it was actually going by the time season three started. Well, they got rights for se- for Neverland about halfway through season two. The last and that's when that two. probably took off because yeah, I know they they've been fighting for that from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Which we'd have faulted them if they wouldn't have gone to Neverland. Anthony, uh, part of me actually thinks, and this is more—I don't know. I think this is just me, just really liking Captain Swan or something. I don't know. But... Ah! <laughs> Hashtag Captain <laughs> Swan. No. <laughs> Hashtag Emma needs no man. (laughs) Hashtag how Emma got her groove back. (laughs) You were saying, Anthony, I'm so sorry. Sorry, sorry. So Captain Hook was a recurring (laughs) or guest character or something. 
But even like as a guest character, he had more appearances than people who were slated as mains, like Red and Bell. So I think that they didn't anticipate the fan reaction to be so great. So they just kind of took him and run with it. And yeah. that's just what I think, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can definitely see that too, especially because I, if I, because we cover uh, ratings every week at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, I, I remember uh, last season, like right towards the end, the ratings were going, ooh. Yep. So I think they were like, okay, whatever people are loving, let's really, really focus on that. And then let's find something else that they like and let's focus on that in the next half of the season. Which is why we're going to Oz, which I love. Although I know, I know they've wanted to go to Oz for a while too. I'm a little bit scared about um, going to Oz though, because Wonderland is Wonderland and Oz are like my two of my favorite literary stories. Like I've grown up with Wizard of Oz, I've grown up with Alice in Wonderland, and so I'm as the way Wonderland has gone. It makes me really scared about going to Oz. And there's just one thing, like I'm so, and we'll talk about this in theories in a minute. But I'm so set on one theory that if it does not happen, it would greatly <laughs> determine whether or not I keep watching the show. You know, I bet you I could outline your entire theory right now, but I'm going to we'll wait. I'm pretty sure I've emailed it to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> my, my last point, did you guys ever notice that Regina at any point in time uh, could actually invade Storybrooke with an army? Just because just all of her soldiers got transported too, or yeah, I yeah. noticed that last time I watched the pilot that her entire all her soldiers got sucked up in the curse and are now chilling in Storybrooke. It feels like unless you're a main character, you're like hiding from everyone else from Fairy Tale Land. That we see in the episode The Evil Queen that a lot of them actually like working for Regina and like bullying the peasants. Mm-hmm. So even if she doesn't have an army, she could at least have a militia. A little, a little something, <laughs> yeah. That okay. Yeah. Some guys out in the woods waiting, watching, which I guess is you know hewing pretty closely to you know their role in fairy tale answers. Anybody have any last points about three A before we start jumping into three B? Oh yeah, me, because uh, you never actually <laughs> talked to me about fan theories. Oh, I'm so I, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. heartbroken. I'm heartbroken. Oh, it's okay. You tried to kill me in your last episode. I did, and I gave <laughs> oh, you yeah. I gave you a big uh, steamroller too, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but let's see here. Panry. I like when between when Henry's, you know, soul or whatever went into Pan's body uh, for like that week, week and a half or whatever that was going on. Everyone was like, is he going to be, you know, the new Henry, you know, from here on out? <laughs> I'm really disappointed that didn't go down because I hate Jared Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't hate him as a person. He He seems like a perfectly nice kid. And I think he he might grow grow into the role in this next half season for sure. Cause God, I hope you, so. Sorry. You saw hints of that in the the latter half of three A. But you know, I, I I loved Robbie Kay so much more than I I, I tolerate J- Jerry Gilmore. Yes. And it would have been so great to just have him stick around for the rest of the series. But you know, that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. But I I'll, I'll deal. The only thing I want to know what was happening because when. I actually just noticed it when I was watching Going Home last night. When Pan and Henry finally switch back to their regular bodies and they're all running around trying to find Henry, uh-huh. Henry comes out of the clock tower. Yes. That means Pan was in the clock tower. Who's yes. in the clock tower? Yeah, Maleficent. Yeah. But isn't that the last known location of the dagger as well? Yeah. Uh, ooh, that's a good point. I never thought about it that well, way. There, 
there's all sorts of stuff uh, in the library in Storybrooke. Like that's where that's like library slash I don't know Maleficent's den, or if we want to call it that. That that was like Regina's uh, secondary safe house outside of the uh, the grave. Yeah, uh, you know, for all of her business. So, what was Pan doing in there? Who knows? But if they ever bring him back, I'm sure we'll find out. Like that—that that was one thing. Him back. That Sorry. was one thing that that I kind of keyed on uh, watching the the season finale. Was just like he he was in the clock tower. He wasn't just high. He had to be up be up there for a reason, right? Anthony, any last things about three A? Um, I will say one thing. Whoever choreographed the dances, I hope gets either more training or does not have a job again. <laughs> I feel bad, but the dances were painful. Am I, is it just me? Are you talking about like in the aerial episode? In the aerial episode around the campfire. I mean, you oh, had the yeah. dance in the Miller's Daughter, which was fantastic. I thought Cinderella's <laughs> dance was nice, but oh my gosh, it was painful. See, I was too busy looking at their terrible 80 prom dresses because I don't know what the hell Snow and yeah. Ariel were wearing I in that. I don't know what that was. You know that what? I literally I, a piece and, of cloth wrapped around them. And that was the first time we've seen Snow White in, like, a short dress above the knees. So it was, like, really jarring for her character. <laughs> for me. You know, I will say when you, when you said choreographer... Right into my head came the image from the aerial episode. So, in Hope had that, I think, as a main image, too. So, I think you're onto something here. I think you're onto something here. The aerial episode, I wish it was better. (laughs) Me, too. The first half of it's so slow. Second half of it, awesome. Awesome. Regina gets stabbed with a dingle hopper. (laughs) 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 See, like, I I thought in the aerial episode, it's at certain points, Regina was over the top as Ursula. But I think that was more Lana trying to do, uh, oh, what was her name? The the woman who played the mom on She's the Sheriff who voiced Ur- Ursula, trying to do an impression of her or whatever. And it, 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 it just seemed almost too character, especially for Regina. Yeah, especially for the character. I don't know. Ariel's pretty simple. She might have needed to get it through her skull. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you're right. You know, uh, they say, you know, the more iconic the portrayal, the more it resonates with people. So I guess if uh, Regina does the character uh, Ursula, you know, it might tie into Ariel's ignorant position more. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a vet Nicole Brown back as Goldilocks and... Um... Ursula in mm-hmm. future seasons because she is Goldilocks in uh, uh, Good Morning Storybrooke. Yeah. And then her character in this is a gold statue. So I I don't know. I hope I'm just not reading into that too much because I really enjoyed Good Morning Storybrooke and I love Paul Shear. I would love to have just <laughs> even just a segment of them on the TV in the background. Like that would just make mm-hmm. me so happy. <laughs> even if it's the one from the DVD, that's fine. Oh, uh, I, I would like an entire episode of just Good Morning Storybrooke because that was hilarious. Well, it almost feels like, you know, over the summer when Community's future was uncertain, they got Yvette Nicole Brown in to do a couple things and uh-huh. maybe they were going to have her do something more major. But then Community got picked up again. So and I, I, I'm pretty sure I re- I saw a couple weeks ago that. Uh, another one more season for Community is looking pretty darn likely. So. We might not get to see her too much. It might happen, though, because I was uh, talking to... Uh, I mentioned it to Avetta Cole Brown. I was like, I really like Goldie and I enjoyed you as like, Ursula. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just like, yeah, Adam. And Adam wrote me. He was like, really? And I was like, yeah, Adam. <laughs> 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 and so we kind of together tag team Adam. Hey, nice. hey, 
You know, I'm hearing you're very friendly with Adam these days. I'm not very friendly. I don't know why he follows me. Like, and it's always always so scary because like I sometimes forget that Adam's following me. (laughs) (laughs) And so like I'll just be tweeting, and it happened a few days ago, and I was talking about uh not a few days ago, like one of the last episodes of the season. And I had mentioned how what I didn't feel like it was really an ensemble cast. And out of the blue, a wild Adam appeared like a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. He actually favorited when I called him a legendary Pokemon. He favorited in that tweet. Nice. Um, he like wrote me. He was like, "What do you mean it's not an ensemble?" And I was so scared that I couldn't respond to him. And I even re- I think my answer was like, "I can't respond to this without sounding like a jerk." And he goes, "Okay, thanks for watching." Nice. You, you you know what, Hope? All, all I'm going to say is next time you're interacting with Adam, maybe mention that, you know, one of your favorite Once Upon a Time podcast, Greetings from Storybrook.com, has been wanting to talk to, you know, one of the writers or something from the show versus one of the actors because the writers are really, I, I, I don't know, they're, they're more interesting to me and uh, Anne-Marie can get Poppy on them too. I mean, there's actually a process. I've actually asked Adam about that because I wanted to ask him a couple questions. And the process for that is you have to go through the ABC website to contact them um, to get it set up with their agents. I've I've tried setting up with ABC Publicity. They're kind of jerks, really. They really are assholes. I mean, I also personally believe that CEOs of companies don't know what the fuck we want as audiences. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, I, it has nothing to do. I think the writers know what we want, and the actors know what we want, and that's why they're constantly there. But I mean, even in the Once Upon a F- T- Fan interview, Adam and Eddie constantly were like, "Why are the fans making be- better shirts than you guys?" Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, I I don't think it's anything of that, but they could maybe see if you can get a hold of his talent agency and hey. talk to his agent because that's the uh, another way to go about it. You know what I think would be a really good way to go about it, actually. Hmm. I think if the four of us took to Twitter right now. <laughs> no, I don't want Adam to unfollow me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> now, uh, oh, the other thing I can do is I can get you in touch with Gareth, who's the head of Once Upon a Fan, and see how Diane set up that interview. That would be good, too. That would be yeah. good, too. And I, I've talked to Diane a few times. I, I think she see, was they... I met at Dragon, uh, uh, Enchanticon. You know what? I, I This We'll talk after the show. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. We're wheeling and dealing right now, folks. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've finished talking about season 3A. And this is your last chance, people. We're about to go into 3B. We're going to be talking spoilers. We're talking episode titles. We're talking theories. And we're going to be talking news articles, promo picks, everything that's going to be supporting all of this. We also will be talking about all the episode titles that we have as of recording right now and what we think are going to happen. And so this is your last chance to leave. And if you don't leave now, well, I'm sorry. It sucks for you. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to first talk about our own personal theories. And I really enjoyed what you guys did in your show where you talked about one rational theory and one completely irrational theory that is probably never going to happen. So I would like to go along with that. So who wants to go first? Not everyone jump at once. (laughs) I'll go first. Okay. Okay, uh, my rational one, and this one is almost a given at this point, I think, probably, but I decided to go for it anyway since Sam Marie stole mine from our episode, uh, is uh, that the Wicked Witch is the Black Fairy uh, that we've heard so much about. And I think that's pretty much, you know, given at this point. And my irrational one that I think might actually come true, actually, is that every character we've seen die post-curse will come back in the premiere. Oh. 
because you know if the curse is undone maybe everything that every crazy thing that went down during the curse is also undone and i know they've said they're like dead is dead and this that and the other bs uh, sorry sorry i forgot we can re- curse bull shenanigans um, <laughs> yeah no i you know if i if i I don't know if I was writing something like this and I had a big twist like that coming up. I, oh yeah, I, 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 I'd lie to your face. I tell you, no, everything you're thinking is wrong until it's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I uh, actually questioned for a while whether or not Cinderella's baby would go back uh, because it was born <laughs> in Storybrooke, but they said because it was conceived in Enchanted Forest, that's fine. Mm. But I wonder, what about all the babies? After the curse broke, like, you know, there's a good year and a half to your period there. So I'm just imagining a field full of babies <laughs> just, like, wailing away. <laughs> so sad. Well, it, like, in the, in the previews for this half season, it seems like them standing there in that field is, like, super duper important, right? Because, <laughs> like, every other picture or trailer has, has them in the field, right? So mm-hmm. it... Uh, you know, all the fairy tale characters returning to the enchanted forest. It seems like that's going to be a big reveal of some sort. Like they, they turn the camera around from those people in the field and it's going to be, you know, the spires of uh, Oz or something like that. Now, uh, did you ever notice that Archie's not in any of those promos? Uh-oh. Oh. I did when I creepy. saw you tweet it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'm, he's going to be a cricket again. I think uh, me. Excellent. No. So does that, so does that mean all animals be, or all animals that became human in Storybrooke become animals again, and all humans that became animals in Storybrooke, like say Smee, become well, human again? Smee has been a few promo pics with Killian, a few uh, like vicinity pictures. Mm. So he is wandering around Storybrooke with Hook. I wonder if he's wandering around uh, New York City with her Hook. I don't know. <laughs> New York City? Really? I just remember there was this great series of comics I read about Hook being lost in New York the first time trying to find gold. And, like, all sorts of... He has all these adventures, like, running into a cardboard cutout of Captain uh, Captain Jack from Pirates of the Caribbean. And he just doesn't (laughs) know what to do. And then he thinks he's under this, like, terrible curse and he's trying to kidnap it. (laughs) Trying to save his pirate comrade. (laughs) They should have not Johnny Depp, but one of the people who played Johnny Depp at the Disney theme parks come on as Captain Jack for an episode or something. I mean, technically, they have Lee Arenberg who could reprise his role. This is true. They could even do a tie-in to where it was actually grumpy. He was just going on some crazy bull shenanigans thing for Cinderella or uh, Snow White, rather. Why did I say Cinderella? That's all. I don't know. You're forgiven. I said 3B instead of 3A earlier, so. (laughs) This is true. And I, and I I did still feed you guys. I hope you're okay tied up in the corner. It's We're fine. Good. Like, seriously, though, if you could just loosen these ropes around my <laughs> wrist a little bit, there, my hands are turning purple. Well, okay, I'll loosen one, and then you can be our residential hook. Nice. <laughs> don't, well, come, not excellent, don't, kill but... my, don't kill my wife or my husband. <laughs> oh, wait, I don't have anyone for you to kill. <laughs> don't kill my cats. <laughs> Well, you have these other two people in the dungeon, but we'll save that for later. <laughs> um, Anthony, what is your irrational theory and your rational theory? Okay, well, I'll start with my rational one. And it's actually, this was sort of inspired by that story about 
looking at Emma's pants, but there was a promo pic. Of... <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. Sorry, I should have been more specific. <laughs> but... The story from earlier in this episode. Yes. <laughs> um... We are all three, by the way. Nice. Uh... Nice. <laughs> <It> was, uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm losing it. But Belle was wearing, and I really don't have any evidence other than my feelings, but she seemed to be wearing something that I felt was very apprentice-like. So I have a feeling that Belle isn't the type of character that's just going to sit around and cry over her books about this whole rumble business. I feel like she's going to, you know, write in her diary, tear stains and all, and then she's going to try to do something about it. And I'm hoping slash thinking that she'll either turn to Regina or maybe Emma, I guess, or her books, and just try to learn magic. Because I feel like she, we're running low on the sorceresses. And so, or that's, I guess, source, magic people in general. Sorcerai. Like, Sorcerai. Thank you. And I feel like she would be a good budding magician, so to speak. And I guess my irrational theory is... Um, well, this is actually me kind of hoping, I guess. But, you know, Rumpel is, you know, eventually saved. But I think that hopefully that involves ferrying him from the underworld, making death a revolving door. Cue Hercules-centric season 4A. Because I love Hades. <laughs> I have to say, if you go back, and it's, I apologize, it's such a long episode, but it's, it's probably one of my favorite episodes ever recorded. Um, my tea with Anthony episode, he has some really awesome theories about Greek mythology in Once Upon a Time. Please go give it a listen. I do not have time stamps in front of me, so I don't know where in the episode they are. <laughs> so, but it's, it's a really, really awesome theories, and, and his theories about the underworld are so good. So go listen to that. Thanks. You're welcome, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can see Belle learning magic, because I've, I've actually been wondering, can anyone that comes from a magical land learn magic? Because we see Cora and Regina don't have it until they're taught. So can anyone learn magic? Well, I guess, you know, if magic exists in the world, it's any other resource, like, I don't know, gas or sunlight or whatever. It's just a matter of learning how to harness it, right? So, I mean, you know, anyone can learn how to do that given enough time, resources, all that kind of stuff. So, I, I, I think I think anyone has it. Really, any character in a magical land has the capability to learn magic. It's just a matter matter of a, a stick to it in this or something. Mm. Anne-Marie, would you like to give my darling? Uh, sure. Uh, my rational theory is that Gold is going to be yet another character in our, you know, <laughs> mythology, if you will. Um, I was originally thinking that he would be Oz, but, you know, I'm not Ew. completely sold on it. I know, I know. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, and then my irrational theory is that the flying monkeys are going to take Henry away forever. Because, <laughs> you know, Henry, goodbye. Uh, <laughs> but perhaps they'll take him to the disco opium den uh, in Wonderland. So that could be fun. Definitely. Hashtag go listen to the episode of Bill and Marie show. <laughs> hey, greetings Hashtag from storybrook.com. Hashtag we love the disco opium den. <laughs> Hashtag greetings from storybrook.com. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Anthony is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag T-Rocks. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, but I actually, you know what I, I, I've been, my voice cracked like a 14 year old there. Uh, but awesome. one of the things I've been picking up from, you know, the various promo picks and stuff 
that they've been releasing as well as, you know, episode titles, all that kind of stuff. I I kind of have a feeling that Rumble is going to come back being controlled by the Wicked Witch, like being it subservient to uh, the Wicked Ooh. Witch. Ooh. Like that, maybe, that. Maybe he laid with her, too, in bed. Well, I think maybe she has the dagger personally. Ooh. Like maybe maybe, you know, all that. BS that went down at the end of going home. Maybe he gets transported back to Enchanted Forest, Wicked Witch is there, like, oh, look, dagger, boom, I control you, Dark One. And uh, then it goes on from there, obviously. But he seems very subservient to her in a lot of the promo picks. And uh, in some of the previews, there were a couple little things here and there that kind of hinted towards maybe that's the case, too. So that's my second rational prediction. Yes, I did a second one. Sorry. That's okay. You're allowed. It's okay. It's cool. I'll just tighten these a little bit more. This is a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> to counterpoint, uh, Anne Marie, my rational theory is that it's not Rumpel that's uh, Oz. I think it's Dr. Well that's Oz. And I know that Jane Rebison and Espenson has gone on the record saying, you know, that was a purposely written red herring for the Doctor to throw everyone off Frankenstein. Uh-huh. I think they're throwing us a red herring for our red herring. Uh-huh. <laughs> because already Oz is surround or Oz. Victor is surrounded by already Ozian characters. He has around him already the p- potential of the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, and the Scarecrow, and Gerhard, Rumpel, and Jefferson. Oh, yeah, I can see yeah, that. Because Gerhard would be the Tin Man because he doesn't have a heart. Rumpel would be mm-hmm. the coward, and Jefferson going off the line. Uh, uh, my heart all full of pain, my head's all full of nothing. He's gone mad. He's lost his mind. Mm-hmm. So he's already surrounded by these characters. He's from a black and white world, just like the original Oz. He can use science to trick the people of Oz, thinking it's magic. I mean, it, he's also just my favorite character, and I still really miss him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, if there was ever a spinoff of Once Upon a Time in Oz, I wanted it to be Jefferson and Victor's backstory of how he became the Wizard of Oz in their world-hopping adventures. Like, that's, <laughs> that's actually what I'm writing right now and have been putting out recently um, online. Oh, can I jump in real quick? Yeah. And I, I wanted to apologize because I crazy week and all, but I finally got around to looking at the at your fan fiction hope. And I and I remember I think you showed me a little bit, I think the first time we had our interview, and oh my goodness, I I, I loved it. I fell in love with it. Oh, thank so, you. Just wanna shout out read Hope's fan fiction, please, people. I guess I should put a link in the show notes. Well, <laughs> I I know that we uh, personally in our uh, podcast uh, Gmail inbox we have we have a, whole, a section for fan fiction that we're kind of collecting to do a whole f- dramatic reading fan fiction episode. Mm-hmm. We have like three or four emails from Hope in there. So I mean, if if you ever wanted to hear them dramatically enacted, uh, you could go to greetingsfromstorybrook.com. I, oh, thank you. <laughs> I no, I, I just started. I've been writing it for two years now with uh, my writing partner. And I'm just getting to a point where I'm starting to clean it up, and it's my take on Rapunzel, where she's the love interest for Jefferson, but it's a triangle with Victor. But, I mean, and there's, like, curses, and it's kind of like my take starting in season two at the beginning and uh-huh. going that way. And it's I have an entirely new Pied Piper I'm going to be bringing in, who's actually his own world trader and a rival for Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And he's working with Gothel, the evil queen, um, which is Rapunzel's mother, and it's all this uh, longer kind of mythos revolving into, like, like where Robin Hood and how Gearhart got there. And there's going to have the Knave of Hearts and the March Hare. There's an entire Wonderland arc, too. 
Nice. And I've been doing it for about two years, and I'm now just now starting to get it to a point where I can put it out. <laughs> Victor, spoiler alert: Victor eventually becomes a daddy. <laughs> so, so he knocks up Rapunzel. <laughs> what happens but, in the tower stays in the tower. Yeah, actually, That's what true. happens in Storybrooke when they're cursed stays in cursed Storybrooke. <laughs> oh. But yeah, uh, I thank you, Anthony. I'm really actually flattered. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, thank you. Um, She's all of Flutter. I, I am all of Flutter, and but I do think that Victor is going to be Oz mainly because, and I, and I mentioned this later on in the show notes, that David Andrews usually takes uh, roles during the off, uh, while even while they're filming, and he hasn't taken any offers this half season, not for Necessary Roughness, not any other side shows. He's been completely off the map right now, hmm. and they said in the I think Once Upon a Fan interview that they're going to be introducing re- going back to old acquaintances. Mm-hmm. So I really do think that Victor's going to be Oz, and that they're just trying to throw us off. So yeah, and and I, it, if, if it's not, I'm going to seriously debate whether or not I'm going to keep watching this show because well, I've been I, oh no, I've been like supporting this theory since the Doctor. And so, like, it's been over a year and a half that I've been just writing and, like, processing and analyzing this entire theory. So it is it is my number one theory of Once Upon a Time, and I will be so upset. <laughs> well, I mean, the only way they could connect, c- connect his character to, you know, the Land of Oz better than they have, like, so far in the series is to, like, tattoo Frank L. Baum on his forehead. Because I, I, I mean, like any any time he's appeared since we got the Frankenstein reveal, there's always been like an Oz illusion or just some kind of thing pointing towards that. So I mean, if we if we don't see that, I will go down there and pick it ABC. I will go with you. <laughs> well, oh, no actually, trip. I figured you'd be leading the charge, and I'd be following you. So if that's cool, actually, can, you know, can we my, just do my... that? My buddy Chelsea will be leading the charge because uh, mm. her her nickname on Tumblr used to be Bride of Frankenwell, and this girl <laughs> is like the biggest David Anders. I love Chelsea too. Chelsea, I love you if you're listening to this. She's the biggest David Anders fan, and she's actually the one who turned me on to Victor as my favorite character. So you can even imagine how much more she likes him. Well, you know, it, the the most important thing is I'm the last guy in line, so I can run away before everybody else. Oh, so. I'll put you on a tether and drag you with me. <laughs> Darn. And then I guess my rational theory is I think Dorothy is Jefferson's world-hopping wife. Um, because in canon, she world-hops to Oz on her own. Mm-hmm. And I think, though, she comes from the black and white world that Victor is from. And he, she's actually originally supposed to be the Elizabeth character in Frankenstein and his fiancée. And he's just like, no, here's my buddy Jefferson. And they fall in love. And she's Grace's mother. Curious and curious, sir. Now, I did see a, a theory that at first I blew off, but the more I thought about it, I saw someone wrote a theory that Tamara is Dorothy. Oh, my. She's dead, though, right? But not in flashbacks. Oh. But... Because all we know is that she hated magic and she's not magical. Well, Dorothy... Uh, was not magical either, and having a bad run-in with a Wicked Witch could have put Tamara on her path of hating magic. But see, uh-huh. I don't know if having a bad run-in with the Wicked Witch would be th- that effective, especially just because of the way we've seen the classic tales interpreted into what happened in the Once universe or whatever. I like. I don't think they would skew it that much, you know? Because yeah. because I mean. 
no, no matter how you look at that story, you can write that story a million different ways. Dorothy still comes out on top, right? Because she ends up back home having had a great adventure and things got fixed because of the tornado. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. In due time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still yeah. I still want my uh, my sliders uh, type series with Rumple leading pe- leading people through all the doors in the hat though. See, I want that to be my Jefferson episode. I, I still find it funny that Jane Espenson joked that Sebastian Stan's the only actor in history to get a spinoff and not be in it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, with Wonderland and everything. Like, cause... Honestly, I think he's about the only saving grace of Wonderland. <laughs> If they brought him in and made him the main character, it would save that show. Without a doubt. Him and Nave. Him and Nave. Jefferson and the Nave need to be together. <laughs> Not shipping, but oh my god, yes they do. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about that. They yes, need to be t- together on screen for a great hetero adventure, and then the fangirls can ship. Yeah, just like just like Sherlock and John. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so they totally like You can hear a million ovaries explode. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are all just mine. It's okay. You have a million ovaries. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't you know I'm the mother of all fangirls? <laughs> they come from me. You know what? I can see that. I can see that. This is a really weird conversation. I don't want to talk about my ovaries anymore. <laughs> let's let's move on. Okay, I'm so, just gonna warn you that all my other theories for uh, season three B involve your ovaries. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, so let's let's continue. Let's continue. We know that this season a main cast member is going to die, and oh. it's going. To... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can stop it, Avery. I know. <laughs> there are eight cast members, a main cast members. Why don't we take a look at each one and what we think whether or not they're going to die or not? Okay. Okay. So Emma, I don't think she's going to die. No, I don't think so either. No, it's not happening. Is that uh, Green, you're Anthony. I like Anthony that said that this isn't Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually partly inspired from like a GIF meme thing. It was during the, the Jack the Beanstalk episode where, you know, King George walks in on him and, and Jack and they're fooling around in bed and he goes, this isn't the Game of Thrones. So, <laughs> But no, oh, that just, it's too Ned Stark if, if Emma dies. It doesn't sound like ABC to me. Is there anything that's supporting this that Emma might be the one dying? Um, crazy people holding the theory is the I... only thing supporting it. It's impossible. So it's pretty much people going, well, if Emma dies, then Neil and Hook can get together and they can be a Captain Thief. I mean, it would be shooting themselves in the foot. She's the savior. She's the center of all their ship wars. She's the driving force. I mean, it would be... a terrible movie dilemma you know what uh based on your previous scenario the only way i can see this working is if they kill emma off but her spirit possesses the car that neil and hook drive around in on their romantic murder mystery solving adventures so she becomes herbie uh she becomes my mother the car my emma the car basically so i don't know that reference Oh, that's a, such an old reference. I shouldn't know it, honestly, because it was, was like thirty Herbie. years before I was born. It, it ba- yeah, basically, it was a it, it was a show back in the fifties where uh, this guy's mom dies and then takes control of his car from the spirit world. You know, just kind of picks at him as he's like, you know, trying to move on with his life. It's a fun series. Jerry Van Dyke was in it, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, I want to so- add on to the whole Emma dying thing. I just got an idea. Maybe. 
if Emma does die, if death becomes a revolving door, season four or four A might be getting Emma back. Because mm. I feel like if she died, that would be the character to go fishing for out of Ooh. you know. Extent. They could go to the underworld then to go find her. Hades in season four A. Well, you know, if there's an underworld involved in this series at all, like I would think it has to be involved in that whole I was under a sleeping curse alternate dream world or whatever. Like it has to be connected to that somehow, I think. Gotcha. I, I think so. Yes. So it's actually very fitting that we're talking about the death of the characters because in my capture of Anne Marie, I think I accidentally killed her. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I checked into it and she's officially dead. Uh, she, yeah. So I'm looking for a new co-host at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. So rest in peace, Anne Marie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I will take better care of your corpse in the afterlife. <laughs> I'll, I'll mummify you and stick you in a prep pyramid and throw some like awesome jewels in there with you. So uh, let's talk about snow. The the possibilities of killing snow. Uh, snow, I could definitely see because it seems like. With what's going on in the actress's personal life, she could maybe want to, you know, take six or eight or 10, 12 months off of a nine to five job, you know, aka working on Once Upon a Time or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's see, but the only thing is, I can't see them separating Snow and Charming. It feels like if they go out, they have to go out together almost, right? I agree. They're like the beta couple. Like, it's one, it's one or none. I mean, both are nine. Sorry. Well, so, so but story-wise, I would actually, because um, Snow is my number one choice. Um, I love Mary Margaret, but I've always hated Snow, but I love Mary Margaret. Um, and I can see Jenny leaving because she's hanging out in Babyland right now. But I, could, I would love to see a storyline of finding your true love again. And they've always kind of played up this whole first love's not your real love and stuff like that. And is there really such a thing as true love? And I would love to see David's struggle of trying to find his heart again and like starting over and that kind of I, his character would really grow and same thing with the opposite thing like if they kill charming watching snow go through that the snow is a lot more whiny when she's sad like when she killed cora oh my god <laughs> i think david would be a more well, to be fair choice. that might be, might be the most evil act i've seen on the show yeah to kill snow white but no it's something though that they could still have her like in flashbacks and if they if we, they do go to the underworld they could always go back and bring her back when she's out of baby land well, I, I mean the whole snow killing Korth or tricking Korth's oh. daughter into killing her thing like i i still think that might be one of the darkest it may, might be the darkest moment the show's ever had and is Mary Margaret's heart still blackening from that? Oh, well, I would assume because they said it w- wasn't something that would be solved in a day or something, that it would take years and just kind of grow and rot and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's what Bleeding Through is. Yeah, Maybe. Bleeding Through, talking the t- title of this coming season. Yes, yes. I Maybe wanna... like, get her little heart there. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Regina's just like, here, let me check something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm <Wait>. still black. <laughs> So it could happen. But I mean, I would more like to see Snow die and see Charming overwork it because I could actually see him trying to bury himself in work and actually seeing his broship with Hook and like Killian and helping him through that because he knows what it's like to lose a love. Yeah. That would be a really good story I would love to see and seeing David overcome that. And plus, I also really ship David and Rapunzel. It's okay. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say, you know, I, I mean, I think David and Hook are going to make a really good father in law, son in law team. You know, it's going to be a match made in heaven. And didn't you say in your last show that um, a new 
press release said that Rapunzel's entwined in David's life. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what it appeared, and uh, you know, I, I'm kind of hoping they're almost going towards the thing where Charming is the Prince Charming in a lot of stories because they they've already done a couple because he was well he wasn't there wasn't a Prince Charming in the original story but he was kind of the heroic prince and a couple of other what was it Lady in the Lake uh, uh and what was oh, the, the Siren episode. Yeah, the the one where the chick or where her uh, fiance or or like uh, oh, Kath- uh, uh, Catherine, the, yeah, the thing about Frederick. Yeah, yeah, that. That's one. a couple I really want to see again. Ugh. <laughs> Give me season one again. You were saying, I'm sorry. Oh no, but I I was just gonna say like uh, in in the comic book fables which has kind of a similar premise where you know fairy tale characters living in the modern world, but the print in fables the prince charming. Uh, character was the Prince Charming in every fairy tale. So he was basically just a, you know, a male slut. And he just <laughs> got entangled with Cinderella and Snow White and Sleeping Beauty and all these other characters. <laughs> like he was just going around the old old kingdom, you know, having some fun. You still owe me an episode, Bill Meeks. I do what? You owe me an episode. An episode... For- of uh, either on my show or your show, but uh, forever ago, we were going to take the first couple books of Fable and analyze it and compare it to once. We still need to do that. You're completely right. You're completely You don't remember. <laughs> no, I do. I, I, I honestly do. And let's do it right now. I'm prepared. Are you? I have my notes here. Do you I have do. your notes? I could talk up through. I've only read the first two pa- trade paperbacks, so I could go through there. See, you know, I've read up until the current issue, but a lot of the earlier stuff, it's been a couple of years, so I actually might need to take some notes first. Because actually there is, I'm sorry, Anthony, this is way off topic, but there is a point in Fables where I actually thought the characters of Once Upon a Time were immortal, mm-hmm. and it was because of the point in Fables where, spoiler alert, Snow gets shot in the head, but she survives, and Rose Red tells her, you know, it's because people know your story, and they know who you are. If it was me, I would be dead. And so when, in the very first episode in the pilot, when Charming says, what's 28 years when we have forever, I, for the longest time, thought they were immortal, just like in (laughs) Fables. Like, for the longest time. And when people started dying, I was like, oh, they're not immortal. (laughs) (laughs) So... No, but actually, that becomes a pretty major... In Fables, that becomes a pretty major plot point. Like, around issue 50... When the great... Fables crossover happens between the regular title and Jack of Fables, which I also highly recommend. It's one of the best pieces of metafiction I've ever read. The the just the Jack of Fables series. You don't have to read Fables at all. Just go in. It's the Jack that's Jack and the Beanstalk, uh, Jack uh, Candlestick, all that kind of stuff. Um, and he's Jack pretty the, much the Jack in every Jack fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, hey. and uh, you get to see how that happens throughout the course of the comic and it's really great and then they do the great fables crossover where how much someone believes in a story affecting how much someone exists in the real world and all that that's a major major plot point actually i had the same reaction to you the reason i didn't get into once upon time right right away because i was like this is like Mm -hmm. fables they're ripping it off so i had the same reaction as you and it took me uh, the summer between season one and season two, I finally get into once. Yeah, we, what actually had had me finally go ahead and pick it up was Bill Willingham, the guy who does the Fables comic book series. Mm-hmm. I I read an interview with him on Comic Book Resources, I believe, where that it, like he he discussed uh, the the show uh, once that they were doing, 
with them and you know they given him a couple of you know inside information kind of things and he was like yeah it's not a fables ripoff it's going in its own direction and i guess they had also revealed who uh Graham was at that point too and he was really excited about that although once the reveal happened i was like you know he's the huntsman that wasn't so exciting was it but uh you know that's kind of what got me to try it because bill willingham said no no it's not a ripoff it's fine watch it it's good mm-hmm. anything about what's about charming the snow like i like i said snow is my number one choice i want her to die more than anybody else on those lists. <laughs> but to me she's the best choice that you kill but that's just me <laughs> Yeah, I still maintain the position that if they have to, if they kill her, they have to kill Charming, and they're not going to kill Charming because they hit that note so hard in Neverland of him almost dying. It <laughs> seems like it would be redundant to have him die again, unless it was really sudden and really violent, like he gets his head chopped off in the middle of a rousing "We are both" type speech. Though I do have to wonder, the promo for New York City Serenade makes me kind of wonder if they're going to tease at it again. Because this is my theory. In the promo, we see the the Wicked Witch give a vial to a monkey. And the monkeys fly off, and then they start picking up people. I'm wondering if this curse is somehow affecting people, because we see David out cold laying on the ground. And then we also see a scene of the hospital with Dr. Ware saying, what did this to him, as in him as a male? And so I'm wondering if somehow the monkeys have the curse affect David, and that's the hospital scene that we're seeing in that promo. I could see that. But it's. Yeah. I'm also made really happy about that because Charming Wells, my crack ship. <laughs> <laughs> I love that ship. All three of us on the internet. <laughs> see, but. see, my ultimate ship is every character with every character, like just like one huge once upon a time orgy. The the polyamory of polyamory ships. <laughs> <laughs> no, like my main ship is Mad Whale, which is Jefferson and Whale, but my huge crack ship is Charming Whale because once again, David doesn't have guy friends. <laughs> so, anyway. He needs some bros. Um, I, I don't think they're going to kill David in New York City Serenade, but I think they're going to tease around and make me like, this is serious, which are wicked witchness. <laughs> so, yeah. anything else, gentlemen? I have nothing else to add. To Hook. Hook, Hook. They're not going to kill Hook. He's his money. They're no. a money maker right now. No, no he, he's a big fat Benjamin for... ABC exec. So he's not going anywhere. If any, if anything, it's going to become Hook the series. Once upon a hook. <laughs> Once upon a hook. <laughs> yeah, if and, they kill them, there'd be there'd be rioting in the streets without a doubt. Except from the Swan Thieves, and there'll be celebration, and then we're going to have a legit <laughs> ship war. Like people will get on boats. I will not. Like, it'll be ships there. fighting against ships about ships. <laughs> Shipception. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but and also Adam and Eddie said in the Once Upon a Fan interview that Hook isn't going anywhere. They flat out said that. Yeah. So Yeah. And they just made him a main. Like why make him a main just to kill him off? Uh they made Megan O'Ree a main and then she vanished the like like for a week after she became a main. Good point. My argument is now in pieces. I think I think Raphael Sabarge came into season one as a main, and Archie hasn't been a main. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so. There, there's been way too little uh, Archie, Archie so far. He's he's in my top five. Like my top five are Jefferson, Will, Archie, Leroy, and Killian. Yeah. Like, I, and four out of five of them are never there. <laughs> I mean, what we've got of him has been really solid stuff. Some of the best stuff the character's seen. Come on, 
little bit more. A little bit, but I mean, obviously, they were over in Neverland and all distracted and everything. So. Well, it goes back to like we needed to be in Storybrooke more. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, 3B, or as I'm going to start calling it, 3Z. But we are getting Cruella de Vil this season, so maybe Archie has something to do with Pongo. Is that uh, absolutely confirmed, Cruella, this season? I thought it was. I, I might think, be wrong. I read somewhere that I think that was slated for 4 or 4A. It was They were toying around with Cruella and possibly uh, the Frozen characters, Anna and Elsa. And I thought that was um, toys in the shelf potentially for season four A. That's what I that's what I remember. Yeah, that that that's kind of what I loosely remember too. That it was like, a, yeah, we could do that. That would be cool. But it wasn't like, yeah, we're doing that. It's gonna be like the huge thing. You think the Wicked Witch is big? It's gonna be Cruella. I'm seeing. Oh, I'm seeing an ad. Go away, ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, they're everywhere. <laughs> I clicked one, and then the two more popped up. Does one of them have a rabbit hopping out of uh, Jennifer Goodwin's vagina? That was hysterical. That was the best. That was <laughs> that basically was, the best. That's probably my favorite part of season three. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely my favorite thing that's ever happened related to Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. <laughs> Ever. Uh, solid things. I'm seeing that on October 23rd, Webpaint Entertainment broke the news that the creators are planning to bring in Ursula, Cruella de Vil, and Rapunzel as a princess. Um, well, we have two of those out of three. It seems like Cruella would be really hard to bring in, though, because she's like super modern, a, a super modern char- like character. You know, she's not, I mean, obviously Pongo's there. That could be, a, they could just explain that as a coincidence of naming. It seems like she's almost too recent to be, to reach like the mythological level that most of the other characters have, you know? Yeah. She has such a strong like character niche. And I feel like if they did use Cruella, it would basically be the Medusa of that season. Like, hey, let's have Cruella come in and then she'll be gone after yeah, that yeah. episode. They, there's a link for it on the Crotaville Wikipedia page, like that, like the character Wikipedia page, not for the once wiki, but just for the general character. But I'm not seeing anything to support that. So if Cruella does come in, I really hope it's a big Archie episode. Like that's something I really need in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it just almost feels because, like, you know, you look at Cruella from the original movie, and then you look at the remake they did back in their early aughts or whatever. They didn't have to change the character at all. Because it's still so recent that it, it it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't have that kind of lost in the past kind of vibe that all the other characters in this show have. All the other crossover characters, unless it was, they're going to try and make it to where Cruella comes to Storybrooke sometime during the Lost years. And that's how Archie gets Pongo. I could see that. That could be cool. That could be cool. Yeah. Though, isn't the actress playing the Wicked Witch Rebecca Mater? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, it looks like a lot of the Cruella stuff came up before it was announced the Wicked Wedge, and a lot of people were speculating, and they were throwing out false tweets to make people think it was Cruella. That's what I'm starting to see. Mm. So, um, I hope she's there. If not, then say love, eh? Archie, I love you. <laughs> so, Rumpel. Again, I don't think that with the fake out they've already done that we all know is BS, uh, I, don't think, I don't necessarily think they'd hit that note again. You know? I agree, definitely. Like, almost dying once is enough, you know? 
the only thing I could see that they could still happen is that they might can kill him in the present, but still have him in flashbacks because he's in pretty much every single person's life. This so is true. It, it wouldn't, we, they just said that they're going to be killing a main character. We don't know if that means killing him off completely in the entirety of the show. Like, they could, any character that's killed off. We've already seen Graham come back in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So that way, Robert Carlyle could still be on the show, but he's just not on the show every week, and he could pursue some other stuff, too. Right. See, you, you know, like I was... Oh, go ahead, Hope. Oh, I was just going to say, because I really wanted him to be the 12th Doctor, but I'm really happy <laughs> with Peter Capaldi. <laughs> So yeah. I'm I'm excited for Capaldi. So Capaldi's but, gonna be pretty much awesome. Can you imagine Robert Carlyle as a Doctor Bill? Oh jeez, that'd be He's nuts. So good, so good. <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. Oh, what was I gonna say? Um, I don't know. Something about Rumple. Rumple, 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 Rumple. Yeah, uh, with Rumple. Uh, another thing is the only way I could see them killing off Rumple is if he goes out in a big noble sac- sacrifice. But he already did that. So again, it would be hitting the same note again. I just don't see it. Now, Bill, I could maybe see, but I really don't want them to kill Bill. Bill, I assume, is dead already. No. <laughs> like she died between seasons three and three A and three B. She's gonna die in the first five minutes of the episode. No, I'm completely kidding here. But this is the first one I think <laughs> that, we've really. This is like one of Anthony's favorite yeah. characters. So... <laughs> this is his baby. Victor's my baby. Bill's his baby. No, baby. Oh dear. <laughs> this is the first character that strikes me as like a realistic. Yeah, they could kill her off probably. I want to hear why Bill thinks this. I I don't necessarily support it. You know, I'm not like out there with a let's kill Bell sign. <laughs> but it it would it would give it would give more motivation to a primary cast member, and I mean obviously she's a regular for this season, so you know even if she doesn't get killed off, they have to pay her for the whole season. I, you know I I she she's the first one that seems expendable from a business perspective for ABC, from a creative perspective from Adam and Eddie, and from a fan perspective as far as not rioting in the streets and burning down are you kidding me have you seen rumbellers oh they're vicious no but you know if everyone always talks about swan queens and stuff like that Uh the rumbellers can be pretty tough cookies themselves see the rumbellers have always got everything they ever wanted that's true and you know as as a creator you kind of want to torture your audience just a little bit just to keep them hooked no pun intended. <laughs> but, you know, and what better way to do that, to take the couple that has, has since they've been reunited, have been inseparable and great, as long as they were both in control of their mental facilities. Kill off one of them and see how the other character reacts. Anthony, counterpoint. Okay, so for me, I mean, I, I, I really do agree. I have, like, a whole bunch of theories about this swimming in my head, and I think it's part of me being... I guess somewhat of a smiling cynic because because Bella's my favorite character, I'm spending the most mental energy on her alleged death because <laughs> if, like, if I had a bet, if someone held the gun to my head and said, who do you think is going to die? I'm not happy with it, but I honestly think that Belle would probably be, in my perspective, the one that would bite the dust because going off what I said before, if Belle is on this journey to get back her rumple, all magic <laughs> comes at a price. And I think it's logical that the price of one life be hers. And what is true love? Loving someone more than you love yourself. So I think That's some full metal alchemist shit right there. I'm glad you said that because I was about to mention the law of equivalent exchange. 
Yeah, and that's alchemy. Like, I mean, I would love... That's kind of how I feel about Victor. Like, I would love to see this kind of mix of alchemy so it's science and magic mixing, and that's what Gearheart is. Yeah. But I never really fully talked about, like, a full theory about alchemy in Once Upon a Time. And that would so be, like, Belle's magical domain because it would be, you know, well, magical, of course, because Victor doesn't like magic, but it would still have that intellectual aspect to it, you know, books, science, <laughs> elements. And I just feel like... I feel Belle would be the perfect alchemist. Oh my goodness, I'm getting so... I'm, I'm, my mouth is watering. <laughs> guys, guys, I have some breaking news here. Go. What? Did you guys ever watch the series Heroes? I was just yes. going to say that! It's on my... I, I got to like season three and then I got busy with school and I never got a chance to finish it. They're bringing it back as a mini-series in 2015. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to go watch that! Here, uh, I stopped around the season that David Andrews was the samurai. I never got to finish it. it oh yeah, crazy. that was actually how I uh, here. I'll put a link in the chat here, but that's how I uh, was introduced to the series. Uh, was uh, or to David Andrews rather was through Heroes and uh, Andrew Reverse. He's really nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sorry. My... Breaking news. I we should we get back to once. Yeah. The only thing that I think that they could either kill Belle and not kill Belle. I, on one half, don't think that they're going to kill Belle because she hasn't really been a lot in the season, and she is a season regular. And they had mm-hmm. faux Belle, but most people were really unhappy with that kind of take on her. Yeah, actually, I and, think the reason they had faux Belle was just kind of to keep up with some contractual obligations. <laughs> it's that whole Ginny and Josh must be in flashbacks or must be in episode things. Yeah. Like, so I, I do feel that. But, I mean, I think they wouldn't kill her off on one hand. Because she she really hasn't been that great this season. They haven't really had many stories with her other than the story for fun. Mm. On the other hand, if they kill Belle, it could really push Rumpel to become the Dark One again. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Although I, I don't know if I could see him going back at this point. Like to being the like full cruel Dark One. Like the, yeah. the only one who could motivate him to that uh, since he's got his memory back was Lacey. Right and uh, what, what do you call him? Rumple Goldskin. A rumple no rumple no Goldskin. But uh, well, yeah, the only one who was able to get him back to that really dark one, evil place was Lacey, and I I don't see Bell's death motivating him to just give up all hope. If anything, he would become better uh, to honor her memory. See, I would think him either bettering her memory, like better to honor her memory. Or delving into really dark magics to try and bring her back. <laughs> okay, I'll get off it. I'll say maybe go to Victor to make her again. But <laughs> rebuild. <laughs> we'll make her better, stronger, faster, prettier. Cyber Bell. <laughs> With all of Wikipedia and her memory systems. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, I think Bell's on the fence, but and I think Neil's on the fence too. Yeah. For me. Yeah, because it kind of feels like unless something really progresses with him and Emma, he his story is kind of done, right? Yeah, and they're not really quite... They stopped following the the uh, actual person, Neil Cassidy's character, a long time ago. The moment he accepted Henry in his life, he stopped being the real-life Neil Cassidy. Yeah. And so he's been kind of... Like, I know, Anthony, you said in the notes that you felt charming as a Mary Stew. Neil's my Mary Stew. I so agree. I really do. He is the... Biggest Mary Sue of this entire show. I read a 
had on, on all of the Mary Stewness of him, and and I even I didn't know I could agree more, and I, and I did. You read what? I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. Sorry, the, I saw a Tumblr post about I forget exactly what, but it was like you know the whole going back to Neverland and not actually. Oh, it might have been me. I posted that, and then I got in an argument with a person, so I posted it like five times. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Might have been me. I, I didn't see any arguing aspects of the speak, but it's I, I disagree. And Neil is just, and this isn't because I ship Captain Swan. I didn't like Neil from the get go, so I know my ethos is a bit marred there. But I just, I just don't like <laughs> Neil. I mean, to to speak for Anne Marie on this one, I mean, I did like Cap, I did like Swan Thief over Captain Swan for a while, but then when we hit the Neverland arc, I was like. Why are these ship wars happening? They have to save Henry, hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a thing. And that's why I was like, Regina has the only logic in this. Because she's the only one of like, why do we care about this other shit? We have to save Henry. Well, and I, they, they, and, there was a bit of that with uh, Emma, too, where, where they were like kind of like fighting over her. And she was like, hey, guys, my son's out there. Give the fuck well, up. It wasn't until like afterwards like after they found neil and went off on these side tracks and that's why i was so happy that she made the choice she made of like guys i don't need to talk to you right now i have to save my son but it took her freaking like seven episodes to get to that point right <laughs> so i mean i but i do really like neil i just didn't like the the ship war in the neverland setting because i just didn't think it was the right place for it mm-hmm. but before neverland I, I was very much team neil but i was also and been writing this fan fiction, my own take for a Killian <laughs> uh, character. Uh, uh, but the thing is, I just, I don't really see the Neil Cassidy character happening anymore. They really have gone off his original story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't know what they would do with Neil. Mm-hmm. I do want to add something, because I think what might be a good twist, and this sort of goes along with one of my, my theories pertaining to Belle dying, is that... They, I remember saying that this season was going to have a wedding and they're going to have a death. And I immediately thought, maybe those two events aren't temporally exclusive, so to speak, because season three of Game of Thrones, the Red Wedding, weddings just seem to be very dangerous in pop culture these days. So I figure if it's, you know... And it, it happened at Charming and Snow's wedding. Oh, yeah. yeah just weddings <laughs> have a bad history in, in visual literature just, that's just how it goes and i have a feeling last episode hunky dory bet all bad has been abolished yay everyone there's a wedding whether it be between emma and neil emma and hook or maybe if, if they get rumple back because if rumple comes back i'm sure the first thing he'd do is put a ring on it and marry <laughs> them and bam death everywhere and that's just a bit of a of a paranoid theory of mine. <laughs> it's possible. I hope it doesn't happen. It, it, Though, so, um, I see in your notes that uh, Horowitz and Kitsis said that Neil didn't come to New York City for a reason. Yes, I read that somewhere. I don't think he's dead, but I don't think he's in a good spot. Maybe the monkey's got him. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice the pictures, everyone's looking up when they get back to wherever they went to. And... I don't think they're looking at the sun. So <laughs> that's just. <laughs> We're here. Yeah, I don't know about Neil. So, and then last but not least, we have Regina. Oh, yes. I, I personally would be sad to see her go. Uh, she's developing mm-hmm. nicely. She, I, she came full circle or almost full circle. And I feel like 
if Regina was still there, and this goes back to Heroes, I think one of the problems, other than the writer's strike and the and the stupid carnival arc, was that Sylar over oh. he expired. He expired. Siler definitely did. Uh, you just broke my heart, though, because the carnival arc was probably my favorite part of oh, the entire series. <laughs> Especially been... the last five minutes of that season was probably my favorite part of the entire series because it was where I was wanting the series to go the entire time. Right. And they went there and abruptly canceled it. I'm the same way. That's why I, I really like your idea with the van storming storybook because it mm-hmm. sort of be like hero's catharsis for myself because we never got to see the, you know, season six or whatever volume. Yeah, six. See them exposed and having to deal with the fallout and, you know, the world having to change its idea of what reality is and all that kind of stuff. Like that's interesting to me, you know, it, I think it's fascinating and maybe they'll, they'll cash in on that in this remake or in once upon a time, hopefully both. <laughs> Heroes Once Upon a Time crossover. Heroes is uh, one of the doors in Jefferson's hat. I think I had a minor heart attack at the sound of that. (laughs) The only reason I don't think that Regina's in any danger is they set up the whole outlaw queen, Robin Hood, and Regina thing. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's something, though, they could wrap in the half season, though. You know, they could... Unless they're setting up, like, a completely new storyline for her. You know, I mean, they, they here's a this new budding romance, and it could be the new skin deep. Like, you know, it could be the whole new couple if they're actually killing off. If they do end up killing off, like, Snow or Charming or one of them or both of them, they could be the new power couple of their show. This mm-hmm. is true. This Good is point. true. I can see that. But Regina's story is pretty wrapped up, and but apparently she has a past with the Wicked Witch I've been reading. Yeah. So, I mean... I wonder if she's one of the sisters. That yeah. But I mean, you know, as far as we know, anyway, Corey didn't have any other kids, right? It could also be though. Adam and Eddie said like uh, they're taking on the whole. Uh, they're going on the book, not the movie, because they don't have rights to touch the movie, and that's why the slippers are probably not going to be Ruby. And uh, they were saying that the witches represent the compass, uh, the north, south, east, west, of the compass, and they're doing their own spin on it. Well, we have Glinda, and I think they, they changed her name. It's like Eliza or something. It's not Elphaba, but they changed her name. Well, what if Regina and Maleficent or like some of the other sources we've already seen are the other points of that compass? I would love to see that, particularly in Maleficent. Mm-hmm. I miss her. Uh, last point, right fast. What if the compass is not just the compass of Oz? It's the compass of all the worlds, so they're the balance between all the worlds. You think it's that magical mm. um, golden compass? You think it's also partly related to that, perhaps? I'm thinking more along the lines of when Pan's shadow and Pan were talking about how magic is dying. Because uh, we know that he told a lot of, like, tall tales. But Pan had, like, never really flat out lied to anybody. Like, he always spoke the truth. Except for he had other people lie for him. Right. But he, he never uh, lied himself. So I really do think that magic is dying all the realms. And that's why the blue fairy has such a tight lid on fairy dust because she knows all of these are dying, and so and there's something going on. And we see that also crossing over to Wonderland that you know maybe it's the curse that uh, Jafar is doing to try and break the rules of magic. And we know that Wonderland takes place before the current line that we're in now. So maybe like Regina and the Wicked Witch and Glinda are all points in different realms to balance all the worlds. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe Emma's one, too, because she's now becoming sorcerer with magic. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how Emma's the new savior. <laughs> I think that Henry's going to kill everyone in the first episode, and then it's going to be about Henry uh, taking over all of the realms. Because he's really still pan. Yeah. Plot twist. Well, was on Henry, I see everybody pretty much is like, die, Henry, die. <laughs> it, it's like with me, it's not so much that I hate him. It's just that I don't care about them. <laughs> like, and w- w- when you're talking about fictional characters, if you don't care about them, you basically hate them. Like, that's about as close as you can get to hating a, a fictional character, I guess. Yeah. yeah. As, there's love to hate, and then there's hating the character's existence. Like, I love yeah. Cora, but Henry, there's just no, it's lukewarm, you know, mm-hmm. vanilla. I, I could take them or leave them. <laughs> See, I Henry, I was always kind of in the middle about, but I kind of like the direction only because I've been wanting them to give him dark, the, him darker storylines. Because yeah. I, I was a nanny for two years, and my kids were Henry's age, uh, and they were not that nice and like wanting to spend time with their family. Like they <laughs> were getting to that pre, like that kind of pre-tween, like the tween teenage angst a little bit, and like pushing their limits. And the thing is, Henry was like, I want to be with my family. I'm like, these kids don't even want to look at their family. <laughs> they want to go hang out with their friends. But did they and grow so up like, in Groundhog Day? Yeah, and so, like, I've been waiting for either of them to introduce a love interest for Henry, and I've been banking on it being Grace for a long time. Yeah. Or just something kind of darker storylines for Henry. And when we finally started getting that, with the whole pan being Henry and stuff, mm-hmm. for one, Jerry Gilmore was really good in those scenes. Yeah, he That's was his pretty best decent. acting. Definitely, definitely. Like, you could definitely see potential there. And uh, we kind of theorized on greetings, uh, greetings from storybrook.com uh, <laughs> that, you know, it might have been a situation where he, to kind of get the imitation going, he had to work closely with Robbie Kay. And maybe Robbie Kay gave him some pointers or something because it seemed, well, even he- when he went back to regular Henry after that, it seemed a little sharper, a little better, <laughs> you know? I agree. But even on top of that, I mean, if you see it, Robbie Kay imitates Henry's moves and uh, Jerry Gilmore does Pan's move. Like, uh, Robbie Kay has that kind of half smile that Henry does and, like, has his, like, walk in his gait. Yeah. And Henry did the same thing for Pan. Or Jerry Gilmore Gilmore had, like, the same kind of smile that Pan does and the head tilts and stuff like that. So, I mean, I really do think they work really well together. So, in that sense, I don't want Henry to die because I feel like we're finally seeing Jared Gilmore start kind of growing into his own, and I would like to see that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Henry dying would pretty much push every character on the show to the next level. <laughs> For like, sure. Oh. For sure. Like, uh, it, it, it's one of those things where I, I wish they could take uh, modern-day Henry back like a season and a half and have him react it. But, you know, yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. He could die, though. He, he could definitely die, and I think everyone would be okay with it. All right, so let's go through this pretty rapid fire about what we think of each of these uh, episode titles be. So what do we think about New York City Serenade? That, that, uh, for, you know, just from what we got in the last uh, couple minutes of uh, what we call going home or whatever, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be Hook trying to convince Emma that fairy tales are real. It's going to be season one done in one episode, more or less. I can see that. I don't think this whole memory gaining back business will take more than one episode. And I think mm-hmm. um, either you or Emery said it, but if they if they drag this out, it's shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah. It, it, it's uh, you know, like I, I've mentioned a couple times with a couple other plot points, like it's it it would just be hitting the same note twice, and it's just like 
it would bore people. So I can't see them stretching it out longer than one episode. One episode is novel, you know, going back to that dynamic. More than one episode is death. We also see, though, there's a proposal happening in this with another suitor for Emma. Uh, another mm. one. Why? Emma, Emma is honey, and the guys are flies. <laughs> just, uh, let's just further divide the fan base. Let's yeah. let's start World War Three here. I don't think um, anyone's yeah. gonna go for this new dude. No one knows anything about him. He's <laughs> for one, and no offense to the guy, but this is completely shallow. He's he he's a really kind of cute guy, but he does not hold a candle to Neil or Hook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my favorite thing is in the background of one of the promo pictures. There's an African American dude, and he's watching them, and he has the biggest frown on his face. And someone wrote in the background just under him, "No TP." <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't think it's going to fly. It's, so. it's to provide conflict for the first episode, and I think it's going to serve its purpose until she packs her bags and goes back to Magic Land. Yeah, because, yep. I mean, once her memory comes back, she's she's heading right back into the drama. You know, you, no question. No question. Yeah. Unless, so, which hunt? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Me. Unless, and I hope they don't do this because it's just stale storytelling, but tomorrow, you know, I wonder if it's... I wonder if his placement in her life was not accidental or serendipitous. Oh, so it might be more home office? I don't know if it's home office. Maybe it's one of, maybe it's a monkey, a flying monkey. I don't know. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's the dragon's great grand nephew or something. Because <laughs> we still never got any clear answers on the dragon. I, I need some closure on the dragon. I need a lot of closures about a lot of things in that episode. <laughs> Refresh my memory. What so, was the dragon again? Selfless, brave, and true is the dragon that uh, Tamara uh, died with a kill with a taser. Yeah. Uh, don't get me started. Let's just forget. I blocked All my right. memory. I forgot. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the next episode, Witch Hunt. Uh-huh. I'm excited about this episode. Okay. I'm going to take this one. Go for it. If Victor is Oz, it's going to be in this episode because it's written by Jane Espenson and other than the doctor she wrote in the name of the brother the other big Frankenstein episode mm. and she flat out said she loves writing for Victor he, she's one of his favorite characters to write for and I think this is the background that and it, it kind of makes sense because Bill you're always saying that you always love the image of the people with the pitchforks that's a very Frankenstein thing of like the peasants chasing around with torches oh yeah for sure the vill- the villagers rebelling <laughs> Yeah, and we've actually seen uh, Victor lead a rebellion against Regina. Mm-hmm. So I think that if this is my theory episode, it's going to be this one. Yeah, and I I would assume, like, when I hear Witch Hunt, I almost think, like, you know, we could definitely, like, I think maybe we could even see, uh, I don't know, it's hard to say, but I think I, I definitely see the residents of Storybrooke discovering the Wicked Witch within Storybrooke and going after her, and then maybe getting some, like, filling on backstory, maybe even tying her into Victor or something like that, since, you know, maybe he's from the same black and white world that Dorothy is from. So maybe, I, I don't know, He may, maybe even if he's not the wizard proper, maybe he tagged along with Dorothy or something. Any other thoughts on Witch Hunt, guys? Not particularly. Both words rhyme with much naughtier words. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's my last thought. 
God damn it, Bill. Every time I'm going to hear about this episode, I'm just going to think about that. God damn That's going to be my unofficial name for it in my head now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all five. It's okay. So I think the tower is pretty obvious. Yeah. Charmanzel. Yeah. Charmanzel. <laughs> it is going to be the Rapunzel episode, and I really hope Charmanzel happens. Yeah. You know what? I need to see Tangled before this episode, because I'm sure they're going to put it in a couple Tangled references, and I'm going to be completely missing them if I haven't seen it yet. It's Yeah, it's going to probably be like little things in the background, like maybe like the stuffed Pascal or something. Yeah. See, I have seen, I have seen Frozen, and I love Frozen, and I guess uh, Rapu- or Tangled isn't far removed from Frozen. Although Frozen, I hear is a little better. Tangled was my favorite Disney movie until Frozen, mm-hmm. and it knocked it off because Frozen has better songs and a little bit of a tighter storyline. But I mean, you know, Flynn Rider is an awesome Disney prince, and Rapunzel, you know, pretty much flat out told her abuser no, which makes her a very strong female character. So I, it's still one of my favorite Disney movies. Yeah, like Fro- Frozen, what I love about it is how musical theater it is. And I know, you know, a lot of the main people are very musical theater people, but, you know, versus other animated movies that Disney has done, I, I mean, you know, throughout the course of their history, they there are musicals, but they don't really feel musical theater musical. This one really feels musical theater musical. Frozen does, and they, uh, that's why I think I've kind of glommed onto it so much. But that doesn't really matter because we're talking about Rapunzel, right? Yeah, she has long hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, last point I'm just uh, about Frozen because I have been debating whether or not to do a Frozen podcast. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just have to appreciate Disney for having their first Disney princess that has depression. And how to handle her depression. Mm-hmm. So, which I, because that really is a problem. I really have to applaud them. Oh, definitely. And that's something that, you know, especially like the Target demo, you know, that's when, if you have depression, you start dealing with it, you know, in your preteen and teen years. So that's the perfect time to get that kind of messaging out to those kids, mm-hmm. right? And they had the first openly gay character. Hmm. Did you guys miss that? Tangled, uh, fill me in. I, I met, must... No, in Frozen. Oh, you! I actually, I've only seen the first little bit of it. I have every intention. But yeah, the first openly gay character was in the sauna, and the guy goes, "Hi, family, yoo-hoo! And when it shows his family, that's definitely a man in there with his kids. Mm. See, I always thought so. Lumiere was the first openly gay character in a Disney movie, but I could be wrong. No, he's just French. It's like, it's either gay or European. You like, have you ever heard of that you, song? You don't think that Lumiere and Cogsworth were like... No, because he was dating the Feather Duster. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. He was feeling her up, like, in the curtains. Okay, <laughs> okay, curtains so he so was bi, but Cogsworth know. was definitely, definitely gay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Quiet Minds, and I see that someone said this is a Lumiere debut. Uh, d- uh, debuts in this episode. And yeah, good time though. <laughs> um, and this looks like it might be Bell centric, which would make me very happy. <laughs> I found that on the Once Upon a Time with Kia page, but uh-huh. I'm a bit dubious because they did say that the origins of the book, along with Jasmine, along with Rapunzel, would be included in season two. I mean, I go to Once Upon a Time with Kia a lot. I'm not trying to bash them, so I'm sorry if you're listening to this. But, I mean, it's a, it's a wiki page. And as a, as a student, I've been, the thought has been ingrained to me to not trust W-I-K-I ending domains. <laughs> <laughs> 
Quinlan's is the. Oh, go ahead, Bill. Uh, I was just going to say, Wiki is a good place to go to find primary sources, but never use it as a primary source. Exactly. Quinlan's yeah. <laughs> is the only one that I really don't have much of a thought behind because it's the one that I'm not sure about. And the only thing is. Is knowing that Lumiere is isn't it, and it's a Bell episode. I, I don't know. Yeah, it, I don't know what to think about that one. I almost want to. Wasn't there an old like a song from the seventies called "Quiet Minds"? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I was definitely in eighties and nineties. I, I I keep uh, checking you guys with my references. Right, first it's my mother, the car, which was from like the fifties, and now I'm going for seventies pop music. But no, I. I I, I should stop talking. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so we all agree that we're not sure about quiet minds. Yeah. All right. So my mind is a buzz is... with quiet minds. <laughs> <laughs> next one is it's not easy being green. And from what I can tell, this is the uh, Wicked Winch backstory episode. I hope there's a cameo from Kermit, though. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> I was really hoping that one of you guys would have a good Kermit impression for that. Oh, wait, I think I can uh, do a Kermit impression. Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> I am a... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. I will say that I... I Magic heard... comes with a price, dearie. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Oz gets... I don't know if Frank Oz didn't do him, but I don't know. Wait, is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. He was uh, bitching about the Muppet movie a couple years back because Fozzie made a fart joke. He was like, Fozzie, Muppet shouldn't do that, you know, kind of humor. Dude, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, whatever. I I just don't have anything to say to that. Yeah, you know what? Like, I, honestly, I'm very averse to you know that kind of humor uh, and scatological humor and all that stuff. I'm okay with it, like, because it was very subtle and it wasn't it wasn't done stupidly or it was done stupidly, but that's the character a little too. Exactly, right? he didn't blow into his palms or something like or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it it it, it was. I I thought it was done with respect to you know the original characters and all that. Right, I agree. And I think Frank I Oz is just old and cranky. I, I saw an interview with the 92nd Street Y on YouTube a couple days ago with Gene Wilder that was done this year. He's a cranky, cranky, cranky old man now. Really? Aww. Yeah, like, because uh, I think it was Mike Wallace who was interviewing him. And Mike Wallace was like, what do you think about movies now? What are some of your favorite movies? And he was like, oh, I don't like to go see the movies because with all the cursing and all this stuff, I don't care if you're cursed, but have a purpose to it and all this stuff. And it was just like uh, your grandpa sitting yeah. up there on stage, <laughs> Willy Wonka, Grandpa Willy Wonka. Oh, how upsetting. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, that'll probably be me in 80 years if I don't, you know, walk in front of a bus by accident or something. Yeah. That's the th- that's the thing is I'm getting old enough to where I was like, okay, well, how old is he? Oh crap! Well, wait a second, I only have to live through like one more of my lifetimes, and then I'm that dude. Oh crap! Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, on to happier things. I have a feeling that this will be the episode where she turns green because I think I read somewhere that that's going to be part of her arc. So maybe mm-hmm. one wicked, uh, one witch. Baxter episode will be why she got her villainous drive, I guess, and maybe another one will be where she got her 
skin pigmentation from. That's something about that, because a lot of pictures of Rebecca Mater um, with gold and stuff, she's not green skin in a lot of the uh, set pictures. So. Well, and, and she's also, even when they do show her with the green skin, it looks really weak. You can definitely see the flesh still under it, but that might still be them kind of layering on the CGI or whatever to, you know, you never know. Yeah, that's the only thing I wasn't sure is that the reason that she's not green on the set pictures is either it's CGI later or they just didn't have makeup on her for those scenes. So I don't know. Or maybe when she's because I think the only set pics we have of her is when she's in Storybrooke. Maybe when she's in Storybrooke, she's normie. And uh, then when she's not, she's green. That's true. Look at gold. Yeah. When he. Yeah. So. All right. So the Jolly Roger. Catherine Swan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry i'm so excited about this because it's um because it's the it's the episode we're probably gonna have blackbeard because they casted Blackbeard. yeah and i've i've been wanting something like this i've been reading as i said earlier treasure island for the first time so i wanted something either long john silver or like captain smollett hunting down hook or something like that and so just to have blackbeard makes me really happy and also i just really enjoy killian centric episodes yeah. and uh see this kind of pirate battle between Blackbeard and Killian and see what that actually entails. I would love a pirate battle. No, but I almost want to say, because Blackbeard was like an actual historical figure, right? I think so. Yeah. But so was no Cassidy. I, but I've always had a, a kind of a feeling that Hook was more f- familiar with our world when I got here than he let on. So maybe, maybe this story has him making one of his first journeys to the real world or something. I could see that happening. Uh, I can see that too. I like that. Cause now, okay. If he, if, if Blackbeard is a historical figure, what time was he around in our world? Goes to Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. Do the Wikipedia. Cause I'm going to be wrong if I try and guess, but you know, hook always, you know, when he, when he showed up, he wasn't like, oh, my God, there's a fire up in that glass bulb in your ceiling. Or, you know, oh, my God, it's a piece of metal that moves across the street on these weird round thingies. Uh, you know, he was pretty much acclimated, it seemed like. And, you, you know, when he ran up to New York to stab Rumpel and whatnot. Okay, so Blackbeard was 1680 to 1718. The reason I'm unsure uh, about that, that he could come, is because we know that Neil was in our world in the ni- early 1900s for Peter Pan. Yeah. So maybe Hook left Neverland first before Bellfire did, and that was one of the places he came was to our world. I can see that. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I don't know. There, there, There's definitely more Hook backstory to be gotten, though, and I'm, I'm guessing Jolly Rogers where they're going to focus on it for sure. And not even that, because we we know it has to be his early days as a pirate, because his ship was the jewel of the realm until the end of good form. And I can definitely see, you know, Blackbeard sort of being all, you know, get on my swamp or high ocean, <laughs> because I, I can see pirates being territorial. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these are my waters. <laughs> Next one is bleeding through. I kind of, if snow dies, it's going to be this episode. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because it's the episode where we get her young mother, her young father, and then young Cora, correct? Yay! Yes. I love- Rose McGowan. Yeah. Which I, you know what, uh, since, since this uh, podcast, there's no uh, family-oriented material on it, obviously. I saw a very beautifully done on Vimeo. It was a, uh, it, like, I, I go to the subreddit called Obscure Media, 
Rose McGowan. It was her kind kind of like an art film thing with her like going around her estate in California, like in the nude with like kind of like a striptease theme going to it. It was very artfully done, very well done. I think it won some awards. Uh, but it's on Vimeo. If you search Rose McGowan, you should be able to find it. It's very, very well done. Duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> You're such guys. <laughs> yeah, but it, no, it, but, it's not coming from a perverted place. I saw a link there. I actually clicked on it because it had Rose McGowan, and I was like, oh, once. And uh, But no, it was very tastefully done. It was very, like, with the music and everything and the way they did the cutting. It, it, it was just a well-done little short. I enjoy hearing you trying to salvage yourself. Well, no, yeah, honestly, I, I just feel so awkward, like, having to try and defend myself from saying, no, I wasn't lo- looking at her boobies. I, <laughs> I was kind of more appreciating the composition. And I'm excited because you said boobies. <laughs> Phil, I, Phil, I'm messing with you. <laughs> That's totally fine. Uh, trust me, trust me. Uh, on a good day, I, I can go around on the internet and find a booby to look at. You know, just one, or one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Did I close one eye and then the other? Or... <laughs> uh, so what are, what are you guys' thoughts on Bleeding Through? Because to me, I think if this is the death episode, I don't see them killing Snow like mm-hmm. episode one. If they kill her, yeah. I can see them waiting till the end of the season. Because uh, they said that it's a story-generated death. Right. And you can't... Yeah, one episode's not enough story. I agree. Yeah. The writers can be troll-like, which is which is something that I appreciate. The only reason why I disagree with them dying in the bleeding through episode, because, I mean, the title makes it a very hard case to tackle. Yeah, but it seems I would, like it would almost be too on the nose, maybe. Yeah. Well, so was the episode called St. Henry when they've been hashtagging it all season. <laughs> Good point, yeah. But I feel like they'd say the death for the very end, just torture you as, as long as possible. And then, bam, character dies. Hardly any grieving time. Now you have to wait how many months until season four? So yeah. that just seems very once upon a time. <laughs> I, I don't know. The title bleeding through almost says to me, and this might speak more to, to my, you know, fiction proclivities than anything, but it almost seems to suggest to me, like kind of like a enchanted forest and the real world kind of coming together or maybe fiction and nonfiction melding kind of thing. You know, yeah, kind of like uh, the fictional and non-fictional world coming together. Maybe, maybe this is where we get our news fans, our news fans in Storybrooke. Uh, it, yeah, you know, bleeding through just kind of it, it suggests that to me. It, it suggests transcending realms, you know, kind of thing. And I have a feeling that whatever they have planned for season four will not be, I guess primed in the last episode i can see it starting the latest in bleeding through particularly that episode just going along with what you said mm-hmm. because i feel like they would they would just it would be something to build up to and i was gonna say something else that related to it but i forgot so when it comes back i'll i might say something i don't know damn it ah right. oh, whatever and- and then I know the last one is a curious thing. Now that is that the first episode of the season finale, or is that the season finale episode? I don't. I couldn't find which one it was for. I'm not sure. Uh, if, if they announced the final, a curious thing is the season finale, but I just don't know if it's part one or part two of the season finale. Mm. I, I'm not sure. I have it as episode 19, and what are we slated for? 20 episodes a season? I thought it was 11, 11. 11, 11. Yeah, so, so it'd be 21. So we're so we're still missing the last two episodes. Uh-huh. Okay. They're keeping some things secret. 
I I don't know what to make of a curious thing either. Like the first thing I thought was Alice in Wonderland, and I and I see that one of you guys put in the notes, uh, curiouser and curiouser. Yeah. But I mean, the first thing I thought of was I I, I started googling like a curious thing idiom because I felt like it was a saying or something, and I couldn't find anything that directly related to anything. I don't a know. Curi- a curious thing. It sounds really familiar to me. Like. Because I know a lot of times they use like little snippets from like the source material for episode titles and stuff, and it sounds really familiar to me. I just can't place it. I I mm-hmm. I think I saw an interview with Adam and Eddie a couple days ago where they were saying, "Oh, we're not doing Wonderland main series crossover this series or this season," but uh, you know, as we've mentioned a couple times tonight, they they kind of they can be a little trolly too. <laughs> so who knows, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I don't even know. And then we don't have... Uh, Anthony, did you have anything for a curious thing? For some reason, Shakespeare is coming into my head. And I remember seeing a joke when when Frankenstein first came to the picture. And they're thinking, well, what's next? Romeo and Juliet and something. And this actually sort of ties into what I think I was forgetting with the previous comment I, I was going to make. But I'm starting to get that maybe... and. If there was some sort of a void between worlds, maybe there's some cosmic authorial glue going on. I don't know. But I'm thinking I, I must like something like love is a curious thing and a British accent is just sticking out in my head. So I'm trying to think if that came across in Romeo and Juliet or some Shakespearean thing I beat into my head when I was in high school. I don't know. <laughs> Any Shakespeare experts? No. I was a theater major, so I'm fairly familiar with Shakespeare. Okay. I, I am too, and I also I did an English minor, so I took a Shakespeare class, but the professor accused me of plagiarism, so I dropped it because that was an insult. That's neither here nor there, though. Yeah. They, although it was a curious thing that happened. Oh. <laughs> and then I don't really have anything else. Do you guys have anything else for season three? I think I've been thoroughly milked dry of my theories and thoughts and i know we said in the beginning of this we were going to talk about wonderland but it's getting really late for all of us so i think we're going to save wonderland for another time sorry listeners it's It's best to separate wonderland out anyway yeah as much uh, but i will say i the season finale was fantastic it was the best episode of that season And I'm really excited to see where they go. And if they ever do crossover, they need to keep the name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like like how it, me and Anne-Marie, you know, on greetings from storybrook.com talk <laughs> about, uh, you, you know, what the crossover character or concept might be from Wonderland. And it's definitely it's probably going to be the knave. It has to be the knave. He, he, he's the mm-hmm. killer character in that show for sure. Without Yeah. Huh? No, I said without a doubt. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so, gentlemen, I where can people find you guys if you'll also pimp out Emory to Bill? And I hear that you write books, Bill. I do. I do. About a 13-year-old superhero named Bronson Black. Uh, he gets a strange, weird set of magical powers from his dad when his dad passes away. And he defends Colta City against the Guild of Thieves, uh, random corrupt businessmen, and... Uh, Bigger challenges coming up ahead. You can find out more about that at dogboyadventures.com. And I do a podcast with Anne-Marie who had to leave the episode early. I don't know the web address, though, but it's called Greetings from Storybrooke. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're also at Twitter at uh, Bill Meeks. Yeah, Twitter at Bill Meeks, Google Plus, 
google.com slash plus bill meeks if you want to follow me over there too i post main, mainly uh youtube videos over there and Amory's at AMD Simone on Twitter, yes. and she also has a blog called Crunchy Craft, uh, Cr- Crunchy Ca- Crafty and Highly Caffeinated. <laughs> that word, I'll have it in the show notes. But it's uh, she has a new look coming soon, and she talks about like different crafts, and it's it's a really fun blog, guys. You should totally check it yeah, out. Yeah, it definitely. I it's a little light on recent updates just because she started a new dr- job, but uh, she's she's uh, looking to actually kind of do a big relaunch for it. Uh, here in the next couple of weeks too, and it's crunchy, ca- crafty, and highly caffeinated. WordPress.com. Anthony, where can people find you? Well, people can find me on the Twitter and my thing named tweet name. I don't know the official term, but it's smellycat six four six four. As you can tell, I'm a huge Friends fan, but I might. Smelly cat, smelly cat. Sorry, I'll stop. Everybody. <laughs> and also, um, I have a Tumblr. It used to be llamas and smelly cats. <laughs> that smelly cat motif again. But I changed it to once upon a time team as one big word. So if you want to, you know, look more my, I mean, I, I haven't been the most diligent businessman. I'll try to get more on it. I can help you with that, honey. Thank you. I might even contact you about th- about that because I really do want to work harder at it. When you do kind of start tackling it, I can help you uh, because I'm also starting my own website as soon as I can get an artist to finish her stuff. Uh, I'm, my uh, my website's going to be geekygirlexperience.com. Uh-huh. If you go there, there's nothing there but a message of me saying, hey, there's stuff coming soon. So <laughs> don't even worry about going there. But um, as soon as I launch that, what I can do is I can make you up a nice little write-up blog post about all the once tees. I also, you can find me on Twitter at Hope Molinex and uh, on Tumblr at geekygirlexperience.tumblr.com and I have a Once Upon a Time blog, onceuponanobsession.tumblr.com. I don't have anything else, gentlemen. Do you? Oh, I do want to say that um, if you want, if you're interested in my teas, feel free to contact me or message me. If you have ideas, critiques, special requests, I'll gladly accommodate. Also, I can set up coupons, and I know the teas mm-hmm. can be a little pricey. So please, I would love to send. I would love to send you coupons and all that lovely stuff. So yeah, and I, if I, I believe we'll be doing a t- taste test of a new blend uh, for the premiere episode this, this uh, for season three B, right? Yep! Yay! Wicked. Excellent. The Wicked blend was made just this week, and I had my first mm-hmm. cup this afternoon, and I was very, very happy with it. Oh, we should do a quick tea recommendation. Um, what do you recommend, Bill? All three that you own. Um, I, well, let's see. What's the one I have down here right now? Uh, I have the Captain Hook tea. And, uh, you know, based on my shipping preference, that's the one I should like the most. And it is the one I do like the most, especially considering one of the ones you sent me has clove in it, which I can't have because I'm allergic. Yeah, I, I didn't know that one. No, I that's totally that. fine. That's totally fine. That's a really freakish thing to be allergic to anyway. So. I've never heard that's of that. Okay. I'm, aller- I'm allergic to horses, so it's kind of weird. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> what about you, Anthony? What do you suggest for your teas? Let's see. My Personally, it really depends on what kind of teas you like. I really love herbals and fruity tea blends. I don't like um, that flavor so much. So my favorite, hands down, is Cora. However, if you do like a more traditional tea-like taste, I would say Victor is your go-to. And Belle. Belle is so good yes. you. That's my second favorite. Belle was delicious. And I will say that, um, just a shout-out to Bill, I just went onto Amazon and purchased my copy of Dog Boy on my Kindle. And once my 
little app loads on my computer, I will be diving into it tonight. So. Oh, awesome. Thank you. And you know what? I, I, you seem much cooler and sexier now that you've done it too. So, you know, (laughs) if if I, if if anyone else uh, out there wants to do it, you know, you'll be cooler and sexier. (laughs) Aren't you guys running something on your show, like a promotion right now? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, Go over to greetingsfromstorybrook.com and uh, <laughs> click on our most recent episode. There are a couple of promo codes up there. I think all the free copies are gone, but it's uh, 99 cents off for the new book that just came out a couple weeks ago. So, And my quick tea so, uh, blend suggestion right fast is um, I really recently had it again for the Jiminy Cricket. It's really a deep kind of advanced tea flavor because it has a lap song in it. And lap song is a very smoky tea. But I uh, so you don't want to overbrew it, but the, it balances well with the sweetness of the pomegranate, and it's it's a really just very good deep blend, and it's it's one of my favorites. So I really suggest the Jiminy Cricket. It's it's delicious. All right, well I don't have anything else, gentlemen. Do you? I'm out. Uh, yep. I like stuff. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening and coming on my show, guys. I really appreciate it. It was a blast. And uh, make sure you thank Anne Marie for me, Bill. And I guess I'll let you guys out of my dungeon. <laughs> Yay, freedom! Ooh, are you gonna untie my hands though? They're still kind of well. Actually, one of them's completely black now, and the other one's just dark purple. Can you can you cut this knot for me, please? I guess I can let Anthony do it. I'm a little busy with my boy harem over I here. I have dissection experience, actually, so I could help you with that. <laughs> oh wait a second! They both just fell off. It, they, uh, the, the, it's fine. I don't need to cut. It, okay. I'm good to go. <laughs> But you may want that gangrene well, taken care of, you know. <laughs> we'll look into it. I do smell almonds, though. Ooh. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for listening to my show. This has been a great new episode of Hope of All Trades. My name is Hope Molinax. Thank you, Bill Meeks and Anthony Simoncilli and Anne-Marie, who died forever ago. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. 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 We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. Here he is, the wizard of Oz. If ever a quiz there was, if ever a ever a quiz there was, the Wizard of Oz is one because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz.